It's the roll call. Hey, what's up, y'all? What you gotta say? Who's on the line? Stay on bed today. Well, my name is Josh, and I'm a fly guy. All my friends smoke weed, but I don't get high. That sounds cool, and that may be. Where, where you call it from? What's your set, baby? I'm from Memphis, and we do not play. The Grizzlies been winning games every got day. It's the roll call. It's the roll call. It's the roll call. It's the roll. Call. It's your turn, bro. Hey, what's up, y'all? What you gotta say? Who's on the line? today. My name is Brian. I'm from Pomona. Um, something I guess have Corona. <laughs> well, that sounds cool, and that may be. But where you coming from? What's your set, baby? Set is uh, something I ain't really claiming. Something I'm a terrible rapper, and I ain't training. I don't know. <laughs> hey, it's the rock call. It's the rock call. Hey, we are back. <laughs> Your favorite cousin girls are back. I am Josh Rogers. <laughs> I am Brian here, and clearly I cannot rap. <laughs> <laughs> we are back for another episode of the Jigsaw Podcast, where we talk about the craziest puzzle piece ever created. Um, and we're going to talk about the perils, the praises, the productivity, yeah. and the public circumstance of being black millennials um, trying to figure this thing out. <laughs> Brother. Yes. How are you? That Man, was such a great nostalgia for me. And listen, you you uh you came through. All right. I, uh, yeah, I'm a rapper. <laughs> Par excellence. So DJ Stan Bale <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> used to get on the radio, he used to do the roll call, and people would call in. And you would do a little thing, introduce yourself, then you actually set, you know, what who community you claiming. You would just do the thing. And if you got on that line, you you better have your you better have your tape in your in your boombox. You can record yourself. <laughs> so you can have that thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a time! Did you ever call in? You know, I didn't back then. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't. You know, my mama didn't want to let hippie hop in her house, so I could play all that on the radio <laughs> all loud. Mm-hmm. Um, but how are you, brother? You good? I'm good, man. I'm really good. Uh, God is great. Greatly to be praised, man. We Ooh. are. I just felt that in my Holy Ghost. Uh, it's Black History Month. You know, Jesus God is black. God is great. Mm, 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 mm. I'm glad to be praised. God is is right. Who is that? Oh, Ricky Dillard. Ricky Dillard. Ricky Dillard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And greatly to be praised. You gotta go. You gotta mod. Yeah. Ricky Dillard. They be modulating. all. Of them. Oh my God. <clears throat> oh, for hours and hours. Um. So, um, how much balance? Is? Speaking Yours, of hours and hours. My house. <laughs> I can do this fine. You 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 you, you pricked that in my spirit. Hey, you know. <laughs> How about Valentine's Day? Yeah. Oh, Valentine's Day. Yeah, okay. Yeah, day. Everything we talked about, you know, Valentine's yeah. Day. Mm-hmm. Just the things, you know. <laughs> it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, let me tell you. Now the people uh, have been going crazy over that that romance video that we posted. Really? I got some a few videos about that. <laughs> like, y'all spitting in folk mouths. I said. <laughs> The marriage bed is undefiled. Undefiled. So if we want to spit, we don't spit. <laughs> <laughs> spit, choke. Um, but I also mm-hmm. got some feedback. I know okay. personally. Okay. A few people who was like, uh, why ain't sex about the times they give? And this was, some of this was coming from men. Mm, interesting. And I was like, well, because it's not a gift. I said, if you are a I said, let's just take it from a basic level mm-hmm. and not to rehash the conversation. 
Right. But if you are a couple, if you are a couple who's mm-hmm. engaging in sexual activity on a regular anyway, right? Why is that a? That's not a gift. He's just having sex. Right. I mean, it may be more a little bit more effort put into like the romance and foreplay, mm-hmm. but it's nothing like like you do that all the time. Mm-hmm. So then the response was, well, if you're waiting on Valentine's Day to give a person a gift, you're a trash partner anyway. I said, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. I said, however, the point of the conversation was not whether or not you're waiting to give a gift. Mm-hmm. It's if as a couple or a throuple, because, you know, polygamy is a thing. Mm-hmm. It's if whatever your, situ- whatever your situation, <laughs> if you two decide to celebrate, right. then you give a gift. Therefore, right. sex isn't. The gift. Yeah. Then they tried to battle and say, well, what if you got them a sex toy and you use it, then technically it's a gift. I said, no. the toy itself it's may a be a gift. Mm-hmm. I said, but there's a caveat for me in that. Mm-hmm. Unless your partner is like real freaky and explore, like Lutch likes to explore, that may not be a gift for them more so than it is for you. Right. I said, that's the equivalent of a woman buying lingerie and saying that's the man's gift. That's not right. my gift. I, I can't put it on. I only want to get you out of it. Right. So quite <laughs> that does nothing. Like while I may appreciate how you look in it, that's not mm-hmm. a gift for me. And I'm not saying that, you know what I'm saying? I'm super like, I gotta have a gift because Valentine's Day don't mean as much to me. But if we're right. exchanging gifts, like those are not gifts. Anyway, we agreed to disagree, but that was that was some very interesting perspectives about this thing. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm surprised that like that men were the ones really because mm-hmm. were they saying that they were receiving the gift or they're saying that they given the, the gift a was, little bit of both gift. they were okay. saying that you know if i if i lay it down shoot that's a gift but i guess they were also saying if they received sex it would be a gift i'm just like what i mean i said i said if if that's what you two decide then that's fine mm-hmm. i'm just very hard pressed to understand and acknowledge a regular regular activity <laughs> Exactly. That we, you know, saying that we engage in consistently, no matter how good it is, right, mm-hmm. is a gift. You know, is a like, you know, a gift that I'm exchanging. It's not. No. So that's just like saying, you know, breakfast is a gift. Mm-hmm. Like, I made you breakfast. This is a gift. Yeah. Like, like if I made you breakfast on my anniversary, like that may be a part of the anniversary experience, right? But that's not a gift. Not to, if you eat breakfast every day, nigga. I'm gonna eat breakfast anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like you just so happen to cook it and put some effort in it, and that's a that's a gesture. Right. There it is. It's not a gift. Exactly. Gestures versus gifts. Okay. But anyway, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. So, uh, anniversary means the anniversary. Valentine's Day was cool. Anything else happened that you want to talk about or want to kind of just get into the uh, song of the week? Speaking of songs, did you do your homework? I did. And you, so you watched it, so you watched it. Yeah. You did I it. Four, five, four, three, two, one. I, control. I watched, I watched <laughs> it. And it was, gr- it was great insight. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how they did it through stages of her life. Um, yeah. And they kind of also did kind of through like where relationships were important to her. Um, family relationship, but then actual like intimate relationships and. That dude, that uh, what's the crazy man that you know that she was with it, Renee? That dude, was mm, that was the thing. Was He's weird. the famous titty hands, though. He was. He was. It was the the editing was weird because sometimes it was hard to keep up with where they were in her life. Mm, that they back. kept jumping forward to go back, mm-hmm. and then episode one was a lot about Michael mm-hmm. and the brothers. Yeah. And um, then, but it was good. It was. It was. It was. I think it was masterfully done. The only my only real critique. Was that I don't think we learned anything new. True. Um, yeah. 
I think it was good to hear her side of the story to some stuff that we, you know, knew about her. And it was great to see like her celebrated and honored because like I think you said in text message, Janet was that girl. Like she, she was. was. She it. was. Um, and she's an icon for sure, but it was not real. I don't think we learned anything. Yeah. But but no. I, I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I kind of, it kind of makes me uh, kind of taking the mindset of uh, Michael Jordan's The Last Dance. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't learn anything new about that, but if anything, what it did is just refreshed our memory. Like that nigga was, he was good. that dude, right? So, and the same thing with Janet. We learned anything new, but it was like, oh, I forgot that Janet was mm-hmm. Janet Jackson. Like she stood on her own, even though she was a Jackson, stood on her own, acting, singing, dancing, entertainer, all the things. Like she, you know, and we were talking about the other day, like you know. Mary J. Blige is that girl, but I didn't really you know, forget that Janet Jackson is kind of on the same level in terms of, you know, uh, large catalog, but also doing some acting, some some acting things and very influential into whatever, you know, in the music industry. Because mm-hmm. um, there, there would be no, there would be no, you know, the Rihannas and, you know, even some Beyonce things it without I, Janet I Jackson. I don't think there would be Beyonce. I mean, because like you said, you know, we think Mary's that girl, but I think like- World like world appeal, Janet was bigger. Mm-hmm. Right, it's bigger yeah. than Mary, without a doubt, for sure. Yeah, and I think what Janet did or has done, while Beyonce has a lot of references to Tina Turner mm-hmm. in terms of work ethic and right. stage presence, um, mm-hmm. I think she also it will be like miss. Uh, it'll be irresponsible to say that she does not look up to Janet as well. Because just how the right. girl, you know, sells out shows and how she has like these, like Janet, like Janet had like a four or five album run of mm-hmm. just like whether you're a fan or not, like the the way they sold and the way they hit, like from control, like them first. Now that's something I did know. The first two albums that existed, like I didn't, I don't know that we care, but we didn't, I didn't know <laughs> anything about that. But like from control to Rhythm Nation, and then I don't know what's next, but like Velvet Rope, and then like she had like four or five, just boom, boom, mm-hmm. boom, boom. Um, the one thing that was disappointing okay. is that sis, you may have forgiven Justin Timberlake, right? But we, as a black delegation, I mean, still holds that man accountable because he has yet to really own what happened. Anything. Yeah, anything he doesn't own, like he doesn't even take any. Oh, damn, I don't want to talk about him, but yeah, he and he really performed at the Super Bowl. He got redemption. Yes. And she you know said I mean? she like, gave him, but did you catch when they said they he called and asked her to, to perform, and she clearly didn't do it, right? So, because <laughs> that could, I mean, because yeah, that would have been a full circle moment, like let you know what I'm saying. But she still didn't do it, so I don't know. But anyway, it was good. Glad you watched it, brother. Yeah, I watched it. Glad you watched. It. What's what's next? All right, that needs Song to be watched. Week? Oh, what next? I'm you need to watch. Mm-hmm. Oh shoot. Uh, have, have you finished? So y'all told me to get on Ozark, and I'm done with the whole yeah, series we're, now. We're done. Yeah, we're done. Okay, you finished season four? Yep. Well, up until part, part one, one of season four. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting a little spoiler alert. I wasn't expecting Wyatt to be shot like that. <laughs> me either. And Ruth, <laughs> Ruth is a that's Justin Timberlake. That yeah. that <laughs> she's wild, yo. She is wild. She's she says F like nobody that I ever heard in my life. <laughs> that is a word. You hear me? <laughs> Let me tell you who the real yeah. star of that series is. It is Wendy. Oh, I hate Wendy. I, I don't like her either, but she is a, you can't help, but she is the star. She, she like, she gets them in the mess she creates. Like, she, Wendy is, she's so she's, manipulative and so bad. Oh, 
pure <laughs> evil. She plays that part so well that I'm like, mm-hmm. is that really who you are? You know what I'm saying? Like she, you know, mm-hmm. they, they say like there's certain characters that you look at them and be like, I don't like you because the character you play. Yep. There's no way I would trust her in real life. And she plays that so well. <laughs> she does it too well. She is well. the epitome of like a Karen. Oh, she is. She is. Like she's entitled. Mm-hmm. She feels like she can. And then, you know, Karen's with power and money. Mm-hmm. How they can manipulate and do things. Um, so um one thing I'm going to admit, I didn't know Queens was still happening. Mm-hmm. And I said I was gonna commit to this first season, and I and I still watched it. Mm-hmm. So the season finale came on last night. I ain't watched it yet, but I'm going over oh, right, and okay. I'm gonna watch it. Okay. It's still bad. It it's oh, not yeah. getting it's, better. Yeah, it's not gonna get better. But I am com- I actually I'm what I'm only thing I'm interested in now is because I thought because they were the rumors that Eve was leaving because of her baby. But mm-hmm. then when they didn't, Oof. another spoiler alert, when they didn't kill her mm-hmm. and they show her in the beach like, or whatever she yeah, was. My island or whatever. But now there's like they went to this listening party and somebody like shot them and they performed and then like the three of them get back together. So I'm like, maybe this is how they're gonna call Eve back. Mm-hmm. And they go because she just had her baby. And since mm-hmm. this is season finale, that'll get from more than six weeks to, you know, postpartum and all of the other kind of stuff. Right. So I'm I'm just interested, interested to see if they're going to introduce Eve's character coming back. Mm-hmm. Because even though I don't like the show and I might not continue to watch, it'd be one of those things like next summer when everything is on break, I may watch season two of Queens just because yeah. I'm familiar with the story. Right. And they probably um, should put it out during the summer when no one's doing anything. When nobody's doing anything, right? So it won't compete against all this other kind of stuff. However, I want to see how they introduce, if they introduce Eve's character back. Because as bad as it is, they might just throw her back in there in season two. Like ain't nothing happened. Like she didn't even. Right. <laughs> she didn't even leave. Um, oh, a force. Have you been watching Force? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's good. Yes. It's they're, they're, good. Setting, they're setting the groundwork for a hell of a show. It's it's a hell of a Courtney show. Courtney Kemp, 50 Cent. Y'all, y'all, y'all did it again. Y'all did it again. Like it's it's good. It's good. I um it was interesting on the first, not that I don't watch shows with leading white actors and actresses because of course we just talk about Ozark mm-hmm. but it's interesting because the the whole power universe is so black so black that it's so interesting to see like Tommy as the lead mm-hmm. and then all these like white characters surrounding yeah. and supporting in the supporting cast so that was kind of interesting just from the cultural perspective of this like universe right? but <clears throat> I think it's going to be real cool it's also interesting that he has a black brother in real life I feel like that was kind of random that was random. That you know she and then and then I don't like the fact that she left the black kid and took mm-hmm. Tommy. Like that was that was some implications there that I didn't really I didn't really care yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it is. I guess it is what it is. I, I suppose. Yeah, I'm just interested to see how it because they're gonna it's, it's gonna unfold. We know Courtney and how they work. It's gonna they're gonna yeah. give us so many. It's gonna like like an onion. It's gonna bloom. All these different layers, right? It's going to like, you know. It has to because he knew nothing about his mom, but yet mm-hmm. was close to his white grandmother. Yeah. And she didn't say nothing about you, her daughter. Like, you know what I'm saying? So like, that's mm-hmm. the, anyway, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's weird. But uh, okay, song of the week. Where are we going there? Here it goes. I, I have it queued up just because it's necessary. I understand. It's the roll call. I'm 
That is on thing. Uh, it's called The Black of the Berry by okay. Kendrick Lamar. Okay. <laughs> the Black of the that Berry. It can't be on Pimple Butterfly. It is on well, Pimple Butterfly. Okay. Is it it yeah. can't be on the Mad City. The, uh, no, it's on it's on it's on the Pimple Butterfly album. Okay, I don't know uh, that one, Brian. That's a that's yes. a that's a that's a that's a B side deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> the Black of the Berry by Kendrick Lamar. It's you know, it's it has, you know, basically says that everyone comes from the black. So since we're internationally black. You know, it, it made sense to kind of, kind of pull a song that's hella black, but also no, kind of speaks sure. to international blackness in a bit. You know, and then you have to do with the, you know, the accent on there. So mm-hmm. it's it's within thinking of the episode. You know, a little, little, little international, <laughs> you know, flavor. Right, and then we, Super Bowl. You know, it's all all that. And you know, I thought you was gonna give us some Afro beats. I was waiting on it. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I can get some t- some you know some whiskey. Dang, I should have did that. It's okay. It's okay. okay. Black of the Bear is who did the juice. That's yes. what you decided. That is what I decided. You know what I'm saying? Big you, brother. Authentically you. That's what you wanted. <laughs> you love K-Dot. <laughs> I sure do. You love K-Dot. Because yeah, you I was over there K-Dot. probably steaming in your drawers when he hit the... <laughs> we'll talk about Super Bowl in a minute. <laughs> so you, you ready to um, go to the Blessed Report? Yeah, let's do it. Let's go, bro. In the midst of All right, we're here at the Blessed Report where we shout out black folks doing great black things and mostly black businesses doing great black things. Uh, so we want to shout out today Just Right Movers. Yeah, uh, we, right. They say that we are here to provide respectable moving service with our heavenly creators covering, right? Uh, covering over us and we have personal experience josh has personal experience i have personal mm-hmm. experience our friends mm-hmm. and a lot of our family members have personal experience with just right movers they moved uh, us into our house or from our old house to our newer house mm-hmm. josh mm-hmm. they moved you what, a couple times yep two times yep uh i think they moved uh a lot of the people we know in the atlanta area but they move other places as well um black owned business from the Atlanta area, but they have moved other places as well. They do have an Instagram page. You can go out to Just Right Movers with a Z. With a so Z. It's tell them again, bro. Black. <laughs> Just Black. Right Movers. So that's J-U-S-T-R-I-H. Uh, excuse me. R-I-G-H-T. M-O-V-E. R Z just right okay. movers because S just don't do it just don't do it. It, the it same. doesn't. It doesn't use that. <laughs> just right movers, uh, please check them out. Uh, <laughs> if you are moving anytime soon, they definitely have openings, but they book up pretty quickly because um, they get it. They get uh, they get busy. So and they're so efficient, efficient, affordable. They didn't, didn't cost much, but like I said, they're so efficient. And two they pack people, the truck up. Two people, bro. Every time I used to move along, I used to gather like ten of my friends. Right, and what would take us like three, four hours? Them dudes was had their truck packed in like an hour, bro. In the whole was, house, yes. And they was carrying couches by themselves, bro. Like, they was throwing how? stuff over balconies. They just like I'm like, what? <laughs> like they had moving down to a science, man. To none, a science. none of our stuff was damaged. None of our stuff was. Uh, it was it was great, great job for for them. So I will say this: if you are um, in a place financially where you can afford movers, right. it is worth the oh, additional yeah. invest. I promise you, 
because I when I first hired a movie, they were the first people I ever hired. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, bro, I am never moving anything on my never. own again. Never. Outside of like my clothes and like small stuff, you just kind of take over when you're moving. Like, right. but like actually moving this house? No, never. Nope. Like, I I would never move. Like, and I, and I when I grew up, I moved a lot, so I hate moving. I think we even helped you move one time, uh, mm-hmm. like as friends. And I hate moving, and so I would I, I would I hate it too, which is why I would always ask like ten people so that we right. could get it real done. quick. But because we're not professionals, and we again no. we have an attitude about doing it. We take our time. We be slow. But them two men came in there them and came in and they had that truck packed so packed perfectly, man. Perfectly. They know how to position it. And mm. so shout out yeah. to Gabriel and Just Right. Yeah. Shout out to you for recommending them to us. Oh, for sure. Shout out to Chris. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for yeah. going to high school with them. Because I yeah, think why high? somehow Gabriel mm-hmm. and I became Facebook friends. I don't even okay. understand the randomness of that. But I remember him posting something on Facebook. You know, people posting their businesses. Right. I was like, shoot, I might as well give it a give it a shot. It wouldn't hurt. Right. And bro, so glad. Cause he has a customer forever in me. Right. So good. And honest. Yeah. And honest. Like he like, I remember when he came in the house, he was like, Hey, it's 145. Just want to let you know the time starts now. And like, mm-hmm. because he don't start when he pull up. He starts when he start. He starts the time when he starts. Yep. And so it's like super honest. He's like transparent in that way, and he tell you his prices up front. You know, so all the things. So like, shout out, y'all go, y'all go hit him up. Yep. You said they're on Instagram. Yep. Just right movers, and we'll put it, I guess, somewhere, and we'll put it on our page as well. Mm-hmm. For sure. So let's up to them. Let's up to them. Uh, Billboard got anything for us? Let's get into it, okay? It was an interesting weekend, and one of the things that made it interesting was Valentine's Day was, what was it, Monday? Mm-hmm. But yesterday mm-hmm. was the Versus, the one that me and Brian were so, so excited about, so excited actually about it. missed. <laughs> we missed it. <laughs> because we were we were doing the work of the Lord for y'all. Right. We was doing some stuff for the podcast and we missed it, but it does not mean that we are not here to give you a play by play and that we didn't get full highlights right. um, about what happened. So if you if you don't know, Anthony, first of all, let's start right here. They almost destroyed said versus because Trilla thought that they was gonna charge the yeah. Negroes to they watch a versus that's been free for two years. Have you lost right. your mind? Right. No way. Not a shot. Swiss Beast had to like come and do something and let them know. And I, I don't want y'all to understand this one particular thing. This thing has been free forever. It was always for the culture. Mm-hmm. Understand that organizations and companies, you know, bought it because they saw value. But you would have y'all already lost some fans because we're not quote unquote locked down anymore. Right. Uh every every possible versus outside of this one that happened last night has pretty much the ones that make sense has pretty much been done. Okay. Um, and then thirdly, it was something about when Trilla took it over that right. it kind of lost. It's almost any time a big company buys a small one, right? Mm-hmm. It kind of lost its essence. And it's like, it was something about versus when it was hood. Yeah. And it was technical difficulties. Like that was, that was what's up. That that's you know what I'm saying? And and I liked it when they switched from the two people called, you know, doing Instagram live to actually being in a place like Brandon Manic Brandon right. uh, Brandy and Monica. Jesus yeah. Christ. Um, but it still had like this personal, you know what I'm saying? These last few have felt very uh commercial. Yeah. And scripted it. Like y'all got poets. And opening acts, and y'all starting three hours late, and just yeah. all different kind of stuff to watch. Look at some Doritos and Ciroc, and we're not doing that. We're not paying. We we're not paying for that. 
But anyway, it was free. The people ended up watching it. And versus happened between Anthony Hamilton, Mr. Soul Child. Um, it was a Neo Soul Night. So as you know, we've been we've been we've been speaking this in existence since we versus have. has been into existence. We have. And it finally came true because we're prophets. We, we are, are we are two of the lost minor prophets mm-hmm. of the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we are. New Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, but in round one, you know, there are 20 rounds. Um, so in round one, you had Anthony Hamilton uh, with Mama New Love, feature um Versus the Roots uh, Future Music Soul Child, and he did break you off. Mm-hmm. Uh, round two, Anthony Hamilton did coming where from I'm from, I'm, I'm from. from, and then Music Soul Child did Mary go around. Mary, where did you go? Anthony Hamilton did in round three. I'm a mess. Oh, so let's do this, Brian. I'm round one. Who would you give that to? Oof. Uh, 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 I'm gonna go music. I'm gonna go music. Too. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm gonna go because I don't really know Mama New Love like that. I don't uh, know. Round two, I'm gonna go with Anthony Hamilton. I will go too, even though yeah. uh, Mary Go Round is a great song. Solid song. Coming where from Alpha was from a hit. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was a hit. Mm-hmm. All right, round three. Uh, I'm a mess versus previous sketch. Oh, I'm gonna go. I'm a mess. I'm a mess. Me too. Is a good churchy song. Yeah. Uh, round four, Anthony Hamilton, since I ain't seen you versus uh, for the night. For the night, that's a bop. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, this one is hard. Round five, giving you the best of me versus so beautiful. How does give give me the best? Giving you the best of me. Oh, that's a good one. Amazing. Amazing. He pulled that one on that one. (laughs) Amazing. That one's a good slow dance song. And, but so beautiful. But so Your beautiful. That falsetto. Baby, my, my love. My, my he even baby. named his compilation album so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm going so like, beautiful. I'm going so ooh. beautiful. I think I'm going to have to agree, but Give You the Best of Me is a, it is such a, such a good song. Bro, it's like, it's it's 60-year-old Josh. Two-stepping. Listen, It's good. It's good. Ooh, I might have to go. I'm gonna have to. Give, I'm gonna have to. Go, I'm gonna have to renege that and go give you the best of me. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, stick, I'm, I'm gonna stick with so beautiful, but giving you the best of me is, is a great song. Ooh. Great song. Oh, point of it all versus I. Point of it all. Point of, point it, all. of it all is Anthony Hamilton's best song. There's a point of it all. When I tell you, he sings that thing to I that woman. When I tell, when I tell you, Brian, you know mm-hmm. how I say it. The emotions of Nita Baker and all of them, they sang them songs to them men. Mm-hmm. Anthony Hamilton sang that song to that woman. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he was singing. He sang. He probably was making a, a turkey dressing mm-hmm. <laughs> while he was crunching a fresh <laughs> cornbread while he <laughs> did that. That song, bro, I mm-hmm. love. That is a love song. Yeah, he has some good songs. That was That's one I feel. That was like one of that was one of Anthony Hamilton's big jokers. It was so. Yeah. It's, music has some things that probably could beat it, but it did. He had music would have had to pull out another big joker for me to be right. point of it all. That, that's mm-hmm. oh, that's my song. Because uh, ah, yeah, that's the thing he did with um, uh, Robert, Robert Glasper. Yeah, he yeah, could have kicked that, that compilation. Away. Yeah, um, it, it, it wasn't to me. It wasn't a versus song. He had other songs I think he could have pulled out. So many back. other songs. That was his John P. Key pick. Um, mm-hmm. Round seven. Anthony Hamilton's Can't Let Go and Music Show Childs Don't Change. Oof. I can't let go. That's a, that's a hard one. 
I'm, ooh, I, this is why a, this was so good. And the problem is, I'm <laughs> such a music soul child stand. I'm trying to be unbiased. But that matchup but is tough, bro. That is tough. <laughs> Don't change is a is a song. Uh, uh, ain't that the one where he was like yeah. they were like old in the video yeah. and all that kind of stuff I'm there for you and you mm-hmm. and there for me mm-hmm. um, ooh. I'm going don't change I'm going don't change I'm, ooh, if, if, it's a tie, if a tie is going to I can't let go he sang that song too <laughs> I can't let go he sang ooh. I think I'm going to go don't change too I think yeah. I'm gonna go with a change because if I had to pick, like when I'm bumping in my car, mm-hmm. it's gonna go uh, no change. Um, round nine, Nappy Roots, featuring Anthony Hamilton, Poe folks versus Teach Me. Oh wait a minute, wait a minute, I missed one. I'm sorry. Round eight, Her Heart, Hamilton versus Soul Child. Seventeen. I'm going seventeen. Yeah, seventeen is the one where he found a girl, found she was seventeen, young John. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good one. Yeah, again, um, there's other songs I think that he probably could have pulled out other than seventeen, but it's near or there. Yeah. Uh, so now we get the Napa Roots feature after Hamilton Poe Folks versus Teach Me. Teach Me. Yeah. Easy. Poe Folks is cool. But Teach mm-hmm. Me Out of Love is better. And then also, like, Teach Me was music's actual song. So I'm going to give the tie. Yeah. The tie and Teach Me it. was gospel. Teach Me Out of Love. Yeah. Show me the way to surrender my heart. Lord, I'm so lost. <laughs> Teach me how to love. How not to get my emotions involved. Teach me. Because the emotions are making me stray and sin, Brian. Mm. <laughs> if I hold on to the love of the Lord. Mm. My God. My God. <laughs> ain't, that what, ain't that what all the laws was based All the commandments he said was based on love? It was. It's love, love God song. and love, love God. people. He. So if you teach me how to love, mm. I done got it all right. Hallelujah. Hello, somebody. See, gospel. Y'all even got to go church Sunday. We gave it to you right here. <laughs> right all here. Right. Jill Scott featuring Anthony Hamilton, So In Love, and Music Soul's Child's Yes. I'm going to go yes. The answer is yes. See you, Brian. That's a good I'm not saying. I'm, I was in front now. Come on, Melissa. Can you do that again? That was I'm good. Not. I'm not. Come on, Alan <laughs> I, I Listen, I sing the music soldier song. Oh, that thing slipped up on body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that thing slipped out of you like a too big titty and a little bra. It just flopped out. That was good, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I like me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nick. Help me all the girls. <laughs> all right. The next one is Eric Robinson featuring Anthony Hamilton, Raheem Devon, and Kevin Ross. Lessons Remix versus uh, Music Chose Childs. Uh, if I would have knew. I don't know the other songs. Me either. So if I I'm gonna go, yeah, if I would have known, mm-hmm. and that's a good one too. Yep. Uh, Chris Brown featuring and Chris and Anthony Hamilton threw in a lot of features. A lot of features, Chris brother. Brown, Anthony Hamilton, Tank Arc. Ooh, they're just gonna be so child because they got R. Kelly. I don't care how great the song was. <laughs> it's a good song though, too. <laughs> it probably Back to Sleep is a good song. Anyway, but we just mm-hmm. doing what I do because no, <laughs> we are not doing Robert over here. My... Yeah. We're not doing that. Um, Anthony Hamilton's "Do You Feel Me" versus Music Show Child Ella's Gone. I I know. Do you feel me? But I'm going Ella's Gone. Ella's Gone is a vibe, yo. Yeah, and I don't really. I know. Do you feel me too? But it ain't like nothing I rock with. 
Yeah. Um, Donnell Jones, you know what's up, written by Anthony Hamilton. Didn't know that until last night. Me either. Versus Music Soul Child's Half Crazy. Half Crazy. Half Crazy. Half crazy. Top, top five Music Soul Child songs. You know what's up is a is a bop. What it I, is. Wait, what, what say, I, what, what I, say, what I, what I, what I, we're left eye and everything, but. When they played on the radio without her, it's like, why? Why do we do this? Why do we decide? All, it's almost like when they played Juvenile her? without the 99, 2000s intro part. Why would you do that? Why do we want that? We don't want that. And then when they also played back that thing good without the Lil Wayne part at the end, like, why would you give what? us without yeah. the baby and Lil Wayne part? Like, yeah, we don't want that. We don't want that. We want the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Anthony Hamilton's uh, featuring David Banner, Cool versus Just Ooh, Just ooh, Friends. You ain't gotta worry about tomorrow. Yeah, it's a good song. Cause I'm cool and you're That's a cool good song, and man. we're cool. But yo. Just, yeah, just friends is classic. Yeah, that's that's a song that put him on a map. And like it is. So there's there's again. Cool. See, that's the thing. Music. Anthony should have played that somewhere else because Cool should not be taking an L. Mm-mm. Cause Cool is a good. That's the thing too. Is like he put some songs in here that he probably should have put somewhere else mm-hmm. because he like put them against like versus seventeen. Like, but that's that's the downside of going first. Mm-hmm. Is that you could throw out something like that and then he'd be like, "Bit." <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, Music Social has like thirty good songs he could have played on a he, verse. He does. He does. Like he does. Even, we ain't even talking about like deep cuts. Like there's, he has albums that are like no skips. Like you could just play them, George. Like press mm-hmm. play. All right. Like, let's let's round this up real quick. Jada Kiss, uh, featuring Anthony Hamilton. Why? And oh, and um, Music Soul Child featuring Mary J. Blige. Uh, if you leave. Yeah, I'm doing if you leave. Yeah, if you leave, it's a great song. It's got it got um Monet to hot on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leela James. <laughs> She sounds like the woman version of Anthony Hamilton, by the way. Complicated <laughs> <laughs> versus Music Soul Child's one four three. One four three. She's like she's like a mix of Anthony Hamilton and Aaron Neville. Brian, can you please do your Aaron uh, Neville impression? <laughs> so good. I can't. It I blesses can't me so it. much. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I shouldn't have actually do. It. You probably just want to bust it out with it. It's so good. <laughs> I don't even know complicated so. That's that. Um, Anthony Hamilton, you made a fool of me versus Music Show Child. Who knows? I'm going A Hamilton on this one. How does it make you made a fool of me? How did that go? Um, I know it. I can't sing it. Okay. I want to say it's a remake. Mm-hmm. Well, while I'm finding it real quick, did you hear the remake to Love Train by Silk Sonic? I did. It's pretty good. So they make everything. Mm-hmm. It's one of his newer songs. I can, yeah. yeah, it's not like one of them songs that like I know know, but like I mm-hmm. know it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh Anthony Hamilton Pray for Me versus Me Just Love. 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 That's not even close. Love. Now this is where it's tough. Because Anthony Hamilton <sighs> so played another big joker. Charlene. Charlene versus, is one of his best songs. I'm going, I'm actually going Charlene over Buddy. Yeah, Buddy, okay, so Buddy's the song I would play more consistently because it's fun and it's fun. But Charlene mm-hmm. is a better song. Yeah, Charlene g- gives you a, a, a the thing is sucks. They're two different vibes. Very Buddy is you you get in the car, press Buddy, and you riding around town just giving it. Charlene's gonna put you in an emotional spot and place in your life. You thinking about what my life is like. See, um, Charlene sounds better though. 
he should that's when he should have played cool versus Buddy. It would have had a better chance mm-hmm. going against Buddy than going against Just Friends. Yeah. Because um, Buddy was good, but it wasn't Just Friends. But Charlene, mm-hmm. but Charlene was low-key one, like well, that was like his. I don't know if it's when they put him on, but that was like one of his peak. Everybody me, was singing and doing Charlene, bro. Yeah, Everybody. Charlene is one of his best songs. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm gonna say not the best, but one of his best songs. If I'm gonna listen to anything, I'm gonna say what what's the song I want to listen to that's gonna make me like uh, I really like musicality, singing, all that kind of stuff. Charlene is great. It's a story. It's, it tells a story. It's it's great. Come great. home to me. And the Charlene is such a black. It's such a black man. So black. That is a black woman. You hear me? Mm-hmm. That ain't no mistaking about it. <laughs> woke up this morning to a letter that she wrote. Ooh, woke mm. up this morning to a letter that she wrote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just a tie them always on the road. <laughs> yes, Lord. Staying in the vein of music, Super Bowl Louis Vuitton won. Mm-hmm. Happened this past weekend, and my best friend won his first Super Bowl he championship. Did. That is Odell Beckham Jr. Um, mm. The only disappointment he's ever gave me is that he's impregnated the white woman. Nevertheless, uh, the, the the Rams went on head to head with the Cincinnati Beagles at the SoFi Stadium. Can we talk about? Can we be political for half a second and talk about how one of the the biggest economic um, I don't know what we want to call it like boosting things in the United States happened at a stadium named mm-hmm. after a student loan organization. Yes. We can't even get student loan forgiveness. The irony mm-hmm. in all of that, <laughs> right? Y'all, is people's loans pay for that stadium. Behooves me, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, they went and the Rams ended up winning twenty three to twenty. It was a pretty solid game, I will say. I, I sat through the whole thing, um, mm-hmm. and although he was injured during the game, um, he he did get him a ring and he actually scored the first touchdown of the game. He did. Um, the highlight of the yeah. Super Bowl, nonetheless, was Super was the the halftime show performance. But before we get into that performance, I want to back on up to the beginning okay. of the Super Bowl. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Your hometown girls, the Atkins sisters, let me tell you something about Mary Magdalene and Mary Jesus' mama. They <laughs> stood outside of that stadium mm-hmm. and flatfoot sang that black national anthem. I don't know what kind of vocal rest they was on, but they, Campbell and Campbell, <laughs> sang. Do you hear me, Brian? Yeah, they came I together. was impressed. When their powers combined. They they sing. I was impressed, and I enjoy Erica and Tina. I enjoy Erica mm-hmm. more solo than I do Tina because I don't really care for Tina's music solo. But they like because you know they getting older. That throne mm-hmm. ain't as ain't as ain't as polished as it used to be, right? But that arrangement was, and it was like it wasn't a whole lot. I mean, they just flat foot. Same. It was good. It was so crisp, and their blend. Right. You could tell they were siblings. That blend was tight. It was. Right. It was good. It was flawlessly executed. Yeah. And, and go ahead. I was gonna say, and to that point, I think they did a good job of selecting talent. Like Erica and Tina are from Los Angeles, so mm-hmm. it made perfect sense for them to sing that instead of usually like somebody like Yolanda Adams or somebody that they try to usually throw out there. Now Yo Yo so, would have said it's not out of there, but I, I get what you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I get what you're saying. <laughs> but I'm gonna tell you where they missed the ball before before okay. I do that. Our, but this is where they did not miss the ball. Another good performance was our girl. We we found out about her doing a blessing report a while back. Mickey Guyton. Okay. Very good job on the, on, mm-hmm. on the national anthem. Nice little country twang. Mm-hmm. Um, really good control. Sounded beautifully singing. And she's really pretty. Um, all the things. I mean, it was just beautiful to watch, beautiful to hear and experience. Janelle Aika. Janelle. Mm-hmm. 
You didn't stick, like her record stick before? Stick to sex. <laughs> a beautiful for spacious skies. I think she did that bad. Remember waves of rain of purple mountain. Girl, <laughs> next time next time you have a hard time putting Brooklyn to bed, play that. Because oh, I am sure. sure a woman of God will fall all the way asleep. <laughs> it was a lullaby, Brian. <laughs> I did not enjoy that breathy thing. I didn't enjoy it. I love Janae. It sounds like cats humping. I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like it. And I like Janae too, but that was well, not, not it. good. Y'all know her um, lane? Halftime show, though. Dr. Dre and Cole Kane, um, Snoop Dogg. Let's just talk about Uncle Snoop. Snoop Lion. Full Crip Ensemble. Um, there were videos of him hitting a blunt before he got on stage. Amazing. <laughs> he was Crip Walker throwing up gang signs. <laughs> of the thing. He was doing, Dr. Dre looked like somebody, an uncle who just got back in the gym. Right. Because that, that, that ensemble was tight on the top. <laughs> he was like, I'm going to show y'all these man breasticles that I've been trying to flex and work on. Um, and then we had Eminem, you know, the gentrification of it all. He had on his J's and got on his one knee, even though the NFL told him not to. Um, we had K-Dot. Brian's, uh, you know, Brian's uh, best friend in his head. Yes. He came out there and did the thing, said, We gonna be all right. He was dancing. He was he doing the, he was doing the he was doing the look him and, <laughs> and all Everything. the things. They had the golden lords from Meteor Man. Again. Out there nod to that. You have you gotta be real black to know Meteor Man. That was, you, you have to. You gotta be black. That was our black superhero. Yes. Um what else happened? Oh, and then you had Mary J. Blige. I'm saving 50 Cent for last. You had Mary J. Blige <laughs> out there. And I know that there were, you know, there are speculations that she sang songs for a couple of reasons. One, she sang songs that were produced by Dre, but two, things that were more palatable to the, um, you know, overall community. The second reason, and while I may get, I really feel like it's more about the Dre production because yeah. when they do stuff like some of these white artists and these country music artists, that ain't palatable to everybody watching the Super Bowl. The right. NFL is 70% black. Right. We we don't know we don't know some of these like lesser known I mean not lesser known, but these like predominantly white um artist music. So she could have gave us real love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but let's talk about whole dollar, Curtis mm. Jackson. Mm-hmm. Because 50 Cent was in that video back in the 2000s. This chunky <laughs> man that was hanging down, <laughs> he was that was a silver creepy. dollar. You hear me? <laughs> that was a silver dollar. And I was like, why did you do this? <laughs> why are you looking like this? You right. look crazy. Um, but overall, it was a really great performance. Um, I'm not the hugest fan of Dre. I appreciate what he did for culture and I recognize his his stamp. And rap music particularly. Um, but what I am most appreciative of for the halftime show was like the blackness of it all. Mm-hmm. How it just like we've never seen anything like that. Not a full hip hop, full rap halftime right. show has ever been done. And they did it super L- with, with, out with the with the exception of, I guess. Well, nobody really from L.A. except Snoop and Dre. <laughs> but um because M is from Detroit, right? Kendrick, Kendrick from Compton, and, and, Ken, and Kendrick and Kendrick from yeah, California, yeah. but Mary and and Fifty from New York. But you know mm-hmm. they got they always got those Dr. Dre ties. Anyway, right. it was really really black. They were like the black event. They were like the Avengers of music yeah. on that night, and uh, it was really, really good. Brian, your thoughts? Because I know you were. I know you, you were going crazy. Know. I was going wild. <laughs> I was going wild. The soundtrack of my life was on that stage um, that evening. Um, Fifty Cent's uh, two thousand. Um, his that that song that album came out. Get Richard Die Trying came out my senior year of high school, so that was super nostalgia. Uh, Eminem, you know, was big. You know, um, Mary J. Blige. Of course, we said earlier she needs to deserve her all her flowers. It was it was amazing to see people crip walking on stage. Um, 
uh, Snoop throwing up gang signs. It was, you know, people walking khaki suits and chucks. You know, the Junior Lords thing, but then also Kendrick had on the whole Louis Vuitton outfit. Shouts out to uh, Virgil, uh, rest in peace, or, or, or rest up to Virgil. It was it was great. I really enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, I, you know, Crip Walking was definitely inside of me. Gang signs has been thrown. Um, I enjoyed it thoroughly. And um, I think even Brooklyn really enjoyed um, seeing it. And then I've been really going back and listening to, you know, my misogynistic gangster, you know, rap murdering and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I've enjoyed it. It was a great halftime show and I, and we got to enjoy it. Cause I'm, I, I'm sure for the next couple of years, they won't give us Fleetwood Mac or like nickel. Oh, it's going to be real white. Like It'll be like Limp Biscuit or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> so let's, let's, let's go through the rest of the billboards. We got a really great conversation. Um, then we got to get on. Speaking of, um, black artists, Snoop Dogg now owns Death Row Records. So he purchased Death Row Records and the mood and, the music publishing company, MNRK Music Group, which is funded by the investment firm Blackstone, um, he added to his t- to this thing that he is extremely. This is extremely. This is this is an extremely meaningful. What is happening to my words? This is an extremely <laughs> meaningful moment in his career, mm-hmm. and thank everyone who worked collaboratively um, with him over the several months to make this happen. Um, so shout out to Snoop Dogg for out here having ownership and then you know building what is possibly the next chapter of Death Row. So if you if you don't want your if you don't want your people dancing in the background <laughs> of your music videos, come to Death Row Records. Right. That's what Snoop Dogg is all about. Um, yep. but I th- I feel like this blessed report is dedicated to Brian because it's really California. Um, Issa Rae gets the key to the city. <laughs> it's a, it's a thing. She, <laughs> she was bestowed the key to Inglewood on Saturday, becoming the first person in the South Los Angeles City's 114 year history to receive this honor. Uh, she noted that she was a little emotional, but I'm trying to be a thug, thug right now. On um, the mayor. Um, was really kind of flat, really kind of flabbergasted me um, in this that this is the first key in 14, 114 years. So that's a huge honor. Um, and she will thank the mayor for uh, allowing them, making it easy to film there and helping them showcase the city that she loves so much. So shout out to Issa Rae. Um, we all know that Inglewood and LA was the backdrop of Insecure. Mm-hmm. And I think she just absolutely deserves. She does. Um, it made so, 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 so much sense. Um, in terms of black excellence, Aaron Jackson brings home gold. May not have been a golden key to the city, but it was a golden medal. Mm-hmm. She earned her mm-hmm. first gold medal in the women's 500-meter speed skating race. I mean, listen, mm-hmm. to say that black people can't skate is a misnomer right. um, <laughs> at the Beijing Games. Now, we're going to have to – maybe this is a, a greater conversation. Because mm-hmm. the whole Shikari Richardson drug thing of it all, oh the yeah, mm-hmm. is a thing. But uh-huh. anyway, we're not we're not gonna let that overshadow this woman, the 29 year old Florida native and lifelong rollerblader, became the first black woman to win Team USA gold medal in speed skating Sunday. And lastly, mm-hmm. in the Billboard, Coachella is back, and they said F you. I mean, big middle finger to the sky to the <laughs> coronavirus. Um, the outdoor music festival, you know, is a bunch of sweaty, usually mm-hmm. white people in the middle of the desert. Shout out to Issa again for the best episode of Insecure ever. Yes, when they went to, when they went to the best <laughs> episode in Insecure. That's one of the best episodes in television history. Ask yes, me. great episode. For sure, my favorite episode. Of that entire series, um, the organizers said that uh, attendees would not be required to wear their masks or be vaccinated or tested <laughs> mm-hmm. at the festival. And this, Brian, this festival um, draws over one hundred and twenty-five thousand people, um, and it's mm. very likely that it's going to draw one of the, the very similar crowd real quick. Would you attend Coachella knowing that they don't care anything about 
the coronavirus. Uh, no. Coronavirus. Right. One Kanye is heading Coachella, so I'm definitely not gonna oh, do that. Never gonna do that. Ooh, but um we need to have more conversations I know we don't talk, we put them in the attic, but we the abusive nature. I don't cape for I don't like the Kardashians. Yeah. But Kim does not deserve. I'm not gonna get into that though, because yes. we'll be here for a long time. Forever. It might be a whole episode. <laughs> um but I, I went, I'm going to some festivals this year. I'm going to the Roost Picnic this year, but uh I am uh I wouldn't go to Coachella now. Okay. And that's that on that. And I think that wraps up the billboard. I Brian, yes. we are going across the waters today. Well, we brought yeah. somebody from across the water. Are they really across the water? They are. There is a whole river and stuff right there between <laughs> Michigan and Canada. So don't do that. Across the water. Don't do that. that. I know my I passed you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> there is, that's true. There is like a lake listen, right there between. Listen, uh, I, stand, I stick and, to yeah. the lakes and the, the, the lakes that I'm used to. <laughs> Okay, don't go chasing waterfowls. The rivers are the lakes that I'm used to. Um, right. Anyway, but he is here. We got a good friend, Juju, um, mm-hmm. is here in the living room, so we're excited to welcome him in. Um, I think we may have some maple syrup sitting over here for him because, you know, yes. that's the things that we we believe, that those are yes. the things like <laughs> that the Canadians love. So right. grab your drinks, grab your pancakes, your waffles, <laughs> and your fried chicken because we're going to make it a little American black because we're going to do chicken and waffles with maple syrup. Grab right. all those things, come to the living room. Um as a sidebar, did your mama let you eat in y'all living room when you was a kid? Cause we always tell people to grab their snacks, come to the living room. <laughs> as a kid, no, <laughs> no, not either. But as a grown Josh, I eat in my living room sometimes. Oh, I, so on yes. purpose. So yeah, so, so grab all your stuff, come to the living room because we grown now. Let's have this conversation. Let's have this conversation. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, we are extremely excited to be here in the living room because we yes, brought sir. a friend. We brought a friend. Mm-hmm. We flew him out all the way from. <laughs> flew out. Flew out. Got a passport stamp. Right. Our, our friends from the north, right? It's <laughs> a man from Toronto we all know and love, right? Um, but it's not Drake, um, but it is our friend of the podcast, friend in real life. Uh, um, he has his own podcast, 1% of juju and we actually were on the podcast so now we yes, want to bring him back we had a great time on that podcast we had some great mm-hmm. conversation offline that we said we got to bring him on the podcast to kind of talk about this during black history month so ladies and gentlemen i want to introduce to some uh and present to others juju juju how are you doing today uh thank you very much ryan thank you for the introduction i'm really glad to be here um like Brian mentioned, uh, my name is Juju. Um, Julie is short for Julian. Um, I, I am the uh, host of the One Percent of Juju podcast. Um, I try to focus on kind of personal finance, helping people, um, you know, in their journey with personal finance and finding uh, kind of the loopholes and all the things that the One Percent uses. And uh, yeah, no, I, I really started my journey because I didn't learn these things growing up. And uh, mm-hmm. now uh, really looking forward and to helping more people um, along their financial journey. But really glad to be on the podcast. Obviously, um, you guys were on on mine and I've been a fan ever since. Um, really enjoyed mm-hmm. listening to you guys. So I'm uh, really excited to be here. Are you a Maple Leafs you. fan? Um, you know what? Like, you know, hockey's <laughs> big. Yeah, hockey's <laughs> huge. Like, so it's hard to cheer for the Maple Leafs just because, like, the, the tickets are just so expensive and it's hard to go to games. Like, I guess I call myself a Maple Leafs fan, but I'm just mm-hmm. – yeah, I, I don't know that. Like, like, I have no idea what our record is. I don't know. <laughs> like, 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 I couldn't really. I think that 
something Matthews is like our best player right now. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Well, you know, Joshua knows all the sports. He knows all. Yeah. all, all <laughs> I'm a sports aficionado. <laughs> I, t- I turn I turn down many opportunities to host my own show on Sports Center ESPN. Just, you know, I don't know why. I just love the people. I love. Yeah. I do love other people. Yeah. <laughs> And I do love sports, and I actually played hockey when I was little. I was like the only little black kid, like on the ice running around. And Come I on, Mighty Ducks! <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I kind of lost touch, like w- with time. Like I, st- I like stopped really following and things like that. But if they, if they make the playoffs, just best believe I'll be the biggest Leaf fan that that you'll ever see. <laughs> All right. Well, bless you. All right. I just wanted to get that out of the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to. I want to be missed about the thing that black people aren't interested in hockey. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Um. So so let's jump right into the conversation, bro. Tell us. I know you introduced. Um. You know who you are, what you do in terms of the podcast, but who is like Juju in terms of being a black man? Mm-hmm. No, that's a really good question, and that's kind of a journey that I've been on um for quite a while, and I'm still almost looking to find out. But I was raised by a single mom. Um, okay. and we moved to Canada initially to Montreal when I was, um, I was nine years old and, um, I found myself in sports. I actually like, I found myself playing football by accident. Um, I came from Cameroon and from, uh, from Germany where I thought, um, and a coach asked me like, Oh, come to football practice. And, mm. uh, I was like, Oh, great football practice. Like, yes, I thought I was going to soccer practice. And then they tossed a helmet on me and some shoulder pads and <laughs> really <Wow>. like <laughs> fell in love with that sport and, um, fell in love with sports in general. Like, so I played many different sports growing up and, uh, up until the point where I had the, the opportunity to get a division one scholarship to the university of Minnesota and wow. really didn't realize like at that point, um, I, and it's really it got to the point where it's when I, uh, I quit football, when I retired from the game that I realized like, man, I was completely lost, you know, and I went wow. through a lot of depression and things like that because I realized that, you know, there's a lot of things that whether it was my, you know, my bringing my relationship with my dad and um, all these things, I had put all my identity into being this football player and not realizing that, you know, being a football player is only what I do. It's not who I am. Um, mm-hmm. And now I'm on this journey of kind of like finding out and like wanting to give back to the the next generation and um, and really having like a positive impact on um, you know I'm a I'm a Christian person so my faith is very important to me and you know okay. as I pray and try to figure out you know what my purpose and why God put me on this earth um, really I'm trying to trying to figure out that starting to figure out that I'm really here to have a p- positive impact and to love and uh, to give back to kind of the next generation. Um, and that's really who I am as a, as a man, as a person. And that's my purpose. And, you know, I do things outside of that. And, but those are more of what I do more than who I am <clears throat> for sure. Yeah. And that's what's up. And I think you just, you said Cameroon, Germany, and now Canada. Yeah. I've been all over the place man. I, it's interesting. I actually been lived in more countries than that. So my mom went to school in Germany and that's where her and my dad, um, they didn't meet, they met in Cameroon, but then kind of reconnected in Germany and um, had myself and my sister. And um, then we moved back to Cameroon, where she's originally from, moved there for a while. I lived in France and a, a little all over Europe. And yeah, obviously went to school in the U.S. So I'm really excited. But Canada is where I call home. Wonderful. And, and that's why I'm, we're glad to have you on this conversation, because we really our goal for this conversation was because you we know you're well traveled, well lived. So we wanted to kind of get a perspective of somebody as a black man, mm-hmm. right, who is not an American black mm-hmm. man, right? So from as a person who's lived in different places, 
uh, experience of different cultures. Um, what does blackness mean to you? Yeah, um, it's really interesting. And actually, like I sp- I remember speaking about this in during Black History Month last year. And I think that when I think about being black and I think about black history, especially, I think yeah. about resilience. And that's really what that means to me. And I think that I've really discovered this proud into being black, the, in, into my blackness. Like I really, you know, I really like look at myself as, um, you know, I, I, I do realize that like, I've been through challenges because I'm I'm black and um, some of them, you know, just because of circumstances. But I, I've really changed my mindset and really been proud of like who I am and proud of like what my, my family um, has been through and, uh, you know, my ancestors and, you know, other people's ancestors as well. And it really came from like a, two years ago, sorry, my grandma passed away. And before she passed away, I really had a chance to reconnect with her. She's, she lived in Cameroon most of my life. So we weren't that close. Like it wasn't like I was mm-hmm. going to her house every week, but mm-hmm. um, we had a lot of conversation around, you know, where she came from and some of the things that um, happened and how she experienced, um, you know, actual people like, you know, colonizers like coming in and some of the things that she mm-hmm. actually saw. And it was really interesting getting that perspective and kind of being like connected to that. So resiliency is really what, what I think about when I think about blackness and like, you know, just, I think, I, I don't remember if you guys shared it on your, um, Instagram, Instagram or if it was some, someone else, but, um, when I see like some of the things that happened in Tulsa back, uh, back in the days, you know, with the Tulsa massacre at, on mm-hmm. Black Wall Street mm-hmm. and how we continuously and everything that we've gone through in our history and how we continuously kind of get back up on our feet. Um, yeah. that's really what comes to mind to me when, um, when I think about blackness. No, that's, that's absolutely true. Like we have like, it, that's part of our superpower, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it is our superpower and our burden. Yeah. Because we have to be resilient, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like we want to we we don't want to be this resilient. <laughs> we we kind of have to. Uh, but you mentioned something in terms of like you brought up Black History Month and you, mm-hmm. you, know, you spoke about that last year. What is Black History Month outside of an American context? Like how <laughs> right. do, how 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 did you see? Because I feel like Black history does expand beyond what we know of our great American, you know, black, you know, his figures and things like that. Mm-hmm. But like, what does that look like? How is that celebrated? Because I feel like it's still a very American concept to celebrate Black History Month, right? Mm-hmm. So like, like, how was that for you growing up or before you were even exposed to American culture? No, it, it and that's a good question. I think that here it's, it's almost just a... I I don't know how much you guys like Valentine's Day, but like I I feel personally, I just feel like Valentine's Day is like this corporate thing that like <laughs> is there to like sell different things, and that's a little bit mm-hmm. how ba- Black History Month is in Canada, where it's not really the celebration as much of of you know all the things that black and I've more so learned that from having spent time in the U S and like seeing and hearing different stories um, right. where I've just realized like here in Canada, a lot of black history is just kind of like a lot of companies kind of making themselves feel good for, um, for, <laughs> for saying like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, we're, we're going to do this thing about black history. America too. Yeah. <laughs> no, hundred percent. No, it's a say, like you said, it's, it's like that in America as well, but, but there's actually something behind it, right? Like, well, if you think about like four black people, there's a lot of pride that comes from that comes with that. But sure, um, sure. 
here in Canada, like I, I don't necessarily know like if it's like that. Like it's a lot of people because a lot of people aren't from here, and and I think that that's what sparked the conversation. Um, um, initially when we when we had the conversation last time is that in Canada, a lot of the black people they're immigrants, right? So they're all coming mm-hmm. from different places. So n- no one really has this attachment to Canada specifically. So it's a whole bunch of different cultures kind of coming together and being like, oh, I guess like you're seeing me as black now. Well, let me attach myself to this movement, which is Black mm. History Month. Because where they're from, mm. there's no Black History Month, right? Because everyone is black. Right. Whether it's whether right. they're from the islands or they're from, um, or or they're from uh, Af- somewhere in Africa or or things like that. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's interesting that you say that because, like, in if if you have a large immigrant population, right? Where in America, where we have immigrant population, but a mass majority of the folks who are black in America mm-hmm. you know have been here for exactly. ages yep right so we kind of are our attachment to America is really a more of an attachment to like black America exactly whereas you know in another country they're probably still attached to not necessarily being black but more so being attached to like I'm from Cameroon like I'm Cameroonian mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. exactly. or I'm exactly from right. Yeah, I'm Nigerian. I'm this and that. Where we're like, we just, we just black. We yeah, we just <laughs> more to our race versus, like you said, to them, they're more to their ethnicity. And we exactly. just, you know, the people ask me, like, you know, where you from? I say, I'm black. Yep, mixed with black. Yeah, you know, we just, we just <laughs> that's it. My mama and them from, from mama and them from Tennessee. My dad and them from Arkansas. Right. Yeah. We just black. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> right, and, and I guess that's my point. And I guess you know, and some of these questions may be more so I just ignorance, but just also curiosity as well so here we have like hyphens right i'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure you are familiar with that we have like you know asian american Mm -hmm. african-american cuban-american we have all these america other than we don't have no european americans Mm -hmm. but that's neither here or there um so do y'all have like black culture in canada or in other places you have lived or or are there any hyphens or is it just like over canadians yeah it's mainly we're canadians and then people mainly associate so we have a very big let's say nigerian community here in toronto specifically so most people Mm -hmm. when you meet them they'll be like oh i'm an immigrant from nigeria but i live in canada now so they won't necessarily call themselves african canadian or anything like that we don't (laughs) really use that so like (laughs) yeah so so that's the difference thanks jesse jackson yeah (laughs) 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 no exactly so we so yeah so that's that would be one difference is like people still have the attachment even i think about like my uncle like we're we're from cameroon and what like i've never heard himself call himself a Cameroon, uh, a Canadian. Sorry, like he will always say whenever he talks to anyone, he's like, "Oh, I'm from Cameroon." Um, even though he's a Canadian citizen, he's lived here for the past, you know, twenty years or so. And uh, but yeah, that's just like how it is. And I think that that's like that for for most people, even that have been there for a very long time. So, you know, piggybacking on what Brian said, it was like what. Okay, so everybody kind of ascribes to you know maybe their country of well their country of origin, mm-hmm. uh, even if that is Canada. What is black culture like? Because I know like in 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 the, in the United States, there's just some things that bind us together: line dances, yeah, potato salad, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, uh, you know music, all these different types of things. Like you you would be hard pressed to go in any black circle and not have a whole bunch. Of commonalities, like right. we all grew up in the same household. We all got a, a a drawer in our kitchen right now full of 
full of Kroger bags or you know <laughs> grocery bags that's got yeah. more grocery bags in them, right? So I'm like, do y'all have those type of like cultural nuances among the black community, or is it really just you know, like you said, I'm from Cameroon and this is. You know, this is what we did, and we're just gonna keep those traditions alive. Like, what does that look like? That's such a that's such a good uh, a good question because I I really don't think so unless like I'm I'm really missing something because I remember like how I grew up. It was kind mm-hmm. of like you know the Haitians they really like they they were really proud of being Haitian and you know mm. their food and things like that. And then there's other cultures that kind of come in. Like for me being from Cameroon, growing up with like, a lot of Haitians, I remember like. On the first, uh, you know, the first of the year, like eating the the soup, the the, the jumu soup or, or whatever, and uh, being really excited about that, and kind of like piggybacking off that culture. But there's not really like a black culture where we like, like you said, like where we eat potato salad. Like we all know about the cookout. <laughs> we all know about it. right. So there's not like we don't have that specifically. Um, and I think that what really binds us is to some extent like some of those social. Um, kind of like fighting these, these like social justice um, for and, and kind of like that fight towards gotcha. um, you know equality and, and things like that and that's what really kind of brings all black people together and mm-hmm. um, and yeah no that that's really it in Canada but like we don't have like a a specific culture and I think that when uh one thing that I saw from being uh, being in school in the U.S. and from kind of traveling like across the U.S. and then coming back here, um, I see that a lot of people here kind of try to attach ourselves to like the same, whether it's issues or the same culture that, like you said, mm-hmm. like there's a whole culture to be proud of when it comes to being black, where I think it's the same thing here, but we don't have like that specific uh, we we don't have this those same things. It's just kind of like everyone just kind of attached to like where they're from from like a, a, an ethnic an ethnicity standpoint. Sorry, but y'all gave us Drake, so we are so grateful <laughs> for Champagne Poppy. Because you right. can't tell him he's not from Houston, he's not from Memphis, he's not from Louisville, Kentucky. Like Drake has came over here and became an American black man. You hear yeah. me? Um, and just just a sidebar because I just want to know like. Do y'all are y'all hype over Drake like like we are in America or what what is that? Man, it's so funny because like we didn't used to be because like at first like people in Canada just thought that like he was soft and we were just like ah now nah, we don't like that and all that and then he kind of blew up and became one of, like probably like one of the hottest rappers right now um, if not the hottest rapper. Um, and then people are like, oh yeah, we got Drake and things like that. When people try to legitimate, <laughs> but like at first, I remember when I was growing up, like we weren't even claiming Drake like that. And now it just kind of changed. But I, I personally, I do love Drake. And I feel like the older I get, like when it comes to like entertainment, athletics, all that, I just like appreciate the grind. Cause I know like how much time and effort and, and all of that it takes into that. So I appreciate that. Like I don't even listen to Drake that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll claim him and I'll say that he's from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll basically well, say that we're neighbors, but yeah. <laughs> you got Drake and Justin Bieber. So, and know. Justin it's- Bieber, Justin Bieber. I love, I've always loved Justin Bieber. That, that's really Brian <laughs> during black history. month. Yeah, exactly. You know, you talk about Justin Bieber. You know, the Bieber wants to be one of us. Yeah. 
exactly. He wants to so bad. And he is not invited. <laughs> he is standing outside of the picket fence of the cookout. So you, so you didn't like the um the uh the remix he did with Whiskey? I did not like how he gentrified Essence. <laughs> he can keep his peaches outside of Georgia and take them back where he came from because we don't want Justin Bieber. <laughs> that is the worst thing Usher ever gave us was Justin Bieber. <laughs> Did you get me started, bro? You're not gonna do this to me. I'm not gonna do that to you. I'm not gonna do that to you. Justin Bieber. Shout out to Justin Bieber. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, we have we have like people like Tory Lanez. I don't know how much you guys like them. The weekend. Um Tory Lanez Tory has, shooting people in their foot every yeah. week. Yeah. Americans Americans are really rock with Tory Lanez right now. And then the weekend, the weekend is interesting. Yeah, we <laughs> I don't care for the weekend. Just, yeah. You you can keep the weekend. Keep him up there where y'all are. I don't want the week. <laughs> I don't want the week. No, we, we have some talent here. We have some good people. But yeah, Drake's probably top of the list. Like him and I, I can't think about like there's some like actors and things like that that are from here as well. But yeah, Drake is Drake takes the cake right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Him and Andrew oh. Wiggins. That's what that's what we're proud of. It's starting starting lineup in the all star game. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh uh Brian, your girl is from Canada. Cree Summers. Oh. Really? Yes. I don't know who that is. Who's I'm, that? Uh, so, go ahead, Brian. Go ahead. <laughs> so, um, Queen Summers is a black icon. She probably got her start in terms of us not knowing who she was on A Different World. Um, she played, um, my, she's my girl. Why am I chirping? Oh, uh, what is her name, Joshua? Um, Freddie Brooks. Freddie. Freddie. So, Freddie. So, she was one of my first crushes when I watched A Different World. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she turned into like this uh, voice actor voice actress so oh. if you watch any of the cartoons in the united states she is probably on one of those shows as a voice actress so she's been working for a long time i didn't know she was canadian yep. so I'm, I'm, i went to her wiki real quick she was born in la but her parents are canadian okay mm. mm-hmm. so she, she she's one of us though technically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it did we, say hold on she started she went to school like she was so she started public school in toronto though so I think her roots. They're, so they maybe they, yeah, they took her back, brother. It's all about oh. yeah. It's all about where they went to high school. So we claim we're we're gonna take that one. <laughs> like high school is where you're really like you know you pick where you're from. That's where so. you're from. Yeah, That's exactly. Where, oh yeah, because oh, Brian yeah. tries to be from LA. I, I never tried to be from LA. I'm but from he Pomona. from Pomona. <laughs> from Pomona. I, I claim my city. I rip my city. Pomona, ride or die. I'm, I'm with it. Let's do it. Crip walk all day. Yeah. Shout out to the Super Bowl. I've been crip walking and throwing up gang signs ever since. You, you got on all this blue now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I throw the signs. I throw all the signs. Back on your hoes. So, speaking of that, speaking of gang signs, speaking of culture, um, and you, it's like you've been all around. So, I'm, I'm eager to see what your, because um, we, because clearly Josh and I, we have our Canadian stereotypes. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Things that we think Canada, we think, you know. Oh, we should go through all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we can go through those. We can go through those in a second. But I kind of want to get your opinion or your opinion on American black culture and what formed your opinion or your ideas on American black culture. Oh, man, that's a a good question. I I mean, it's it's funny because ever since I've been in the U.S., like I almost identify more with the American black culture, um, just because like I see like a lot of like hardworking people and a lot of people that don't necessarily like make excuses for themselves, 
um, you know, even though they, they do have to go through different challenges and, and, and have to overcome different things. Uh, for myself, I think when I, when I look at American Black Lives Matter, a lot of people try to look at the negative, and I think that there's a lot of things that now we have the power to, and I think it's Lil Baby that said it in like one of, in, in his song. That come on, come that, on. We uh, love Lil Baby. Yeah. We love Lil Baby. <laughs> and he said, you know, we have the power that we need to have, you know, and it's, and it's about us. And I think that when I, you know, that's kind of the message I want to share, whether it's here and whether it's in the U.S. or in Canada is, you know, it, it's on us. It's going to be on us to, to have our, each other's back. You know, it's about last time when you guys were on my podcast, you guys spoke about, Encourage black businesses. Buy black, buy black. Right, like we have the businesses, we have the talent, we have everything. You know, let's start. You know, having each other's back. Let's buy from our own businesses. Let's create our own businesses. You know, mm-hmm. I was before this. I was in the meeting with someone I, I went to high school with, and we were talking about real estate together. You know, like why mm-hmm. am I going to do go do business with a realtor? With you know, with a rock, white realtor where there's plenty of black bi- realtors. That are trying to make it and are just as talented. I have the same knowledge and things like that when it comes to real estate. So um, that's kind of like how I'm seeing from from the outside in right now. Like I, I still think that there's there's not enough of like us sticking together. Um, and I see that both in in um, the U.S. and in Canada, um, where it's starting to get to that point. But I think that it could be better. So. Are there any, I guess, were there any, sh- I know you said you, you know, kind of shy away from the negative, but are there mm-hmm. any like shocking stereotypes or things that you found that were true? Like, you know what I'm saying? You saw Love and Hip Hop and it was like, mm-hmm, that's <laughs> up. Because I, I remember in high school, I had the privilege to be an exchange student um, mm-hmm. for a pretty significant amount of time. And I went to um, Castellon, Spain, you know, a little bit outside of Barcelona. Mm-hmm. And when they were asking me certain things about the United States, they kept having all these references. And I'm like, it kept sounding real familiar. When I finally asked them, I was like, where did you get that from? And they was like, well, we saw it on The Simpsons. And I was like, what? <laughs> but, that, but that was their frame of, that was like one of the few American, especially in that, because Castellon oh, yeah. was a, like a village. Mm-hmm. Almost like a suburb, but I'm talking about like maybe two or three hours away type of suburb. So like, yeah. it, it, Brian, it's almost like Savannah to Atlanta, right? So <laughs> yeah, like they yeah. really, you know what I'm saying? So like, I think it was like a, like that 70s show, uh, uh, Family Guy, The Simpsons, like those were the references wow. for okay. American culture. Mm-hmm. So they were real shocked at me. They're like, ain't no black people in none of these shows we see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then like all the stuff y'all do, and I was like, so Homer and them ain't America. Uh, <laughs> it's not like a, it's not an accurate, well, it could be accurate to picture some parts of America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I just I guess I'm interested in knowing like was there certain things you were exposed to about black culture before you before you were like engrossed in the culture? Because the other thing you said you went to the University of Minnesota. So you also right. went to one of the whitest places. <laughs> <laughs> I could have went to Montana or something like that. <laughs> you know, Montana is whiter. Is whiter yeah, than way wider. Yeah, exactly. My wife is my wife in Minnesota. And I was so Wyoming. shocked to see Wyoming. so many black I I just knew her family was the only black family. <laughs> yeah. In St. Paul and Minneapolis, but whether it was there anything that was like shocking or confirming about black culture, you know, once you got over here? Oh man, that's such a good question. Like, I don't think that anything was shocking, but I think that because just because where I come from, like where, and I don't know if I could 
you know, I could speak for, obviously we, we, we spoke last time, like nothing's a monolith, right? Being black isn't a monolith. And I don't think I can speak with every single black sure. person. Sure. And I think I, I kind of like stood within the people that came from the same background and I don't, I don't come from, you know, necessarily the best upbringing. So, you know, just growing up in the hood, like you kind of like are exposed to certain things and I wanted to live, be with the same kind of demographic when I got to Minnesota and, uh, and saw that. So there wasn't any negative stereotypes that like I necessarily like expected or confirmed. Sure. Um, just cause like, I, I, like I said, I, I just have this really big love for being black and I love mm-hmm. everything black. Right. So even though like sometimes, you know, there are certain things that, like, I think that we can do better. I think that like, you know, I know you guys are very big on that. Like the way we treat our women, like, you know, the importance yep. of like having black fathers in the home is like super important for me. Um, you know, the importance, uh, like, so, so those things like maybe like kind of st- stand out to me, like the, the importance, like when I, I look at like, you know, things like, how we we glorify like obviously i'm a finance guy and how we glorify kind of like credit and like the the lavish spending of uh, of money on on the wrong things and how that's kind of like ingrained in our culture like those are things mm-hmm. that I, I don't love but like i know where it comes from and i understand people and that comes from like having a ton of conversation that people yeah, are just right. like you know we, we never really feel like anything is ours and whenever you give us a little bit, we really want to take advantage because we don't know when it's going to be taken away at, you know, at any point. So, you know, those things, like I, I'm not a huge fan of, you know, having grown up in the hood and like, you know, having lost a lot of my friends, like I'm not a big fan of like the violence that goes on in a lot of our neighborhoods. Cause I'm like, you know, we're, we're, we're marching when we're protesting and like, well, let's start with us. And that's the, that's kind of like something that like I saw as well. Um, and overall, you know, those are the, just things I I think that like with time we can get better at, but but none of it deters me from like having like a very deep love for one being black and for the black community in general. For sure, Brian, you said it. you had some stereotypes about Canadians you want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I was gonna I was gonna leave those at the end, but uh, we can do it oh, now. Oh no 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 you can, no 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 don't don't let me interrupt you. Go ahead. <laughs> I kind of want to go into like you know. American stereotypes with Canadian stereotypes, and then we can kind of say what what what's ones that we people approach you with that you really hate, and then we can kind of go through some American ones that we kind of be like, oh yeah, we, okay, we can play that game at the end. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I like I liked it. <laughs> All, right. All right, so even within that, okay, so we kind of talked about where your views were formed and stuff like that. So we probably said media um, probably informed some of your views, like music and television shows, probably the Fresh Prince or or what have you, or something like that. Oh uh, yeah, that's why I grew up on yeah. <clears throat> Yep. So that's you know that's your probably a lot of people's image of um, mm-hmm. of the of the U.S. is probably through music. I think you said when we were on the on the podcast, you said like, what music was it that you first started listening to that was American that you were like, oh, okay, this is this is interesting. It was like hip hop or something like that that it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, <laughs> and that probably that could be something that like I can speak about. Where I always thought that like that was black culture, like that like hip hop was what it was all about. But then I moved there and like, you know, people are listening, like you guys were talking about like listening to jazz and listening to blues and people are into like, especially black people are into all types of different things. And 
at the R and B, right? Like, and that was, I think that that would, would be one thing that like was like really really cool because I just always assumed that like oh, all black people listen to is was hip hop when it comes to, uh, <laughs> comes to the U S. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. We do love the hip hop. Yeah, we love, yeah, we, we do love, love hip hop. Shout out to the Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. So, okay, within that, I want to kind of skip over to something. We kind of want to go back, and there's a little – I kind of want to know. So we, it is Black History Month. We talk about going forward. I'm um, talking about our history, but also talking about our, our future. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know – you kind of alluded to it previously about, like, protesting and mm-hmm. equality. And you said something that happens in Canada is that a lot of the black folks, regardless of where they're from, uh, different com- countries mm-hmm. um, who have now immigrated to Canada – one thing that kind of brings you all together is the idea of social justice and equality and all those kind of things. So what is the social justice landscape of, of Canada? Like, you know, is there racism? Is there discrimination? And so what does that, what does that look like? Yeah. Oh man, that's such a good question. Um, and I think it stems from a different place. Yeah. I think racism is anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. right? Like there's, there's a lot of people that like as at an individual level that, um, you know, just like haven't been exposed to as much as other people. And I think that like for, for me, like I try to have conversations with, um, with everyone and, uh, in Canada is very different, right? Like we don't come from, you know, we didn't have necessarily like the, the whole like descendants of like the slaves, like as we spoke about last time that were, you know, that were then brought and, and that were eventually freed and, but like, you know, still had to go through kind of like that, that systematic oppression over the course of the years. Yeah. Um, in Canada is more so the, the, the racism is more so found in like individuals just not being like as educated or not having the same kind of exposure or not being interested in having the exposure. Interesting. Um, Mm-hmm. and um like i i wouldn't i don't know if i can say like confidently like one way or another um that it is or it is not like as systemic and like where, where i can like truly trace where it comes from and things like that um so that's just like something that i'm not like ready to speak on and not because i'm not educated but just because if you look down to our history, you can't really trace like where it comes from, where for you guys, you know, it's really clear, right? Like 400 years of, of this, this, that, right? Like, so, <laughs> yeah. So, so there's kind of like steps there, but, but in Canada's like very different. And um, so, so it's hard for me to say like, oh, it's part of the system um, or whatnot, but um, it, it is hard to just like having lived there and like seeing that and, and then seeing, a lot of people, like, I think it's sometimes a little disingenuous when, per, from my standpoint, when I see people just kind of jumping in and being like, oh, yeah, we're going through the same things as as Americans. Um, like, I, I don't know if I necessarily like that all the time, uh, because in my mind, I'm always like, well, you know, we came here for an opportunity. And, you know, although we're trying to integrate and like work with these different people and you know, for me, my solution has been kind of like having conversation with people and trying to educate people. And mm-hmm. I found myself in conversation with interesting people. You know, I've found myself in conversations with people that were blatantly racist that kind of told me to my face that they didn't like black people. And, um, okay. you know, it's, it's hard, it's uncomfortable, but when you take a second and kind of like hear them out and you understand like where they're coming from with that, like, it's not something that I would necessarily agree with, or, you know, I'm not like, going out to dinner with that person every single day, but now I can live in the same world as that person and, and just be like, well, listen, 
you know, they're going to have their own opinion. I didn't necessarily change their mind, but um, it is what it is. But like from a social justice standpoint, like a lot of a lot of it is very kind of like corporate is it's just. Um, oh, well, we want the same opportunity as, as everybody else. So we want to be in these roles and these roles. Um, and it's a lot of people from all over the place that kind of come in and they're just, um, they're just like trying to integrate, which is like, I guess, difficult for a lot of people. Let me back up a half. A second. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know I said a lot there. I kind of like bounce yeah. around. You said some things. things. Now I'm a, I'm going to go, I'm going to go back a few steps to bring my, to bring us forward. Is that yeah, okay? Yeah. You said that you were a Christian. I believe that you have a certain level of Christianity that I don't Listen. possess because <laughs> you said that you were able, it's, it's, it must be real strong. <laughs> I guess the high you are north, the closer you are not because <laughs> you said that you were able to talk to the people who told you that they don't like black people and you mm-hmm. came to an understanding. Hey, walk, walk me through this. Yeah. <laughs> I, wa- I wanna be a, I want I don't know I, you know I just wanna I want to understand your understanding. <laughs> yeah no and and I guess like I, I didn't necessarily want to put that that like their business out there but I I'll I'll tell you guys like it's you know um a friend of mine and um his grandpa um worked uh, as a police officer and two of his partners um got shot by uh black people and uh, he kind of like with time like he kind of built up that anger and never really dealt with it so um you know by sitting down and like having that conversation at least like i was able to kind of explain to him like well some of the things that i had to go through over the course of my life right like from me growing up with a single mom and um you know um, me growing up black and sometimes people overlooking me for certain opportunities or not and um, the way I've been treated throughout my life where like really you know I, I went to school like at some points like being kicked out of school and really being torn down by by professors at time because they didn't want to really invest in the little black somewhat troubled kid um, and we were able to sit down and have a conversation where you know we didn't necessarily leave and have um um and have like this mutual understanding that like okay well we're now best friends but he understands like where i'm coming from with some of the challenges like i've been through and i understand like he didn't just like decide like oh well i opened a tv i see i see a rap video and i de- i decide i don't like black guys you sure. know it, it comes from like a, a deeper um a deeper rooted thing and i you know that's okay like so for me, I could easily be like, well, you got to get over it. But he might be like, well, you got to get over it. So um, I think that, you know, kind of trying to lead with love, like I'm not going to tear that person down. But at the same time, like, you know, I, I understand that like I, I'm not meant to be friends with everyone in this world. And that's OK as well. <clears throat> OK. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Because I think like that's a trauma response. Mm-hmm. And while, you know, we may be joking and honest, you know, I don't know that my response would I don't know my I don't know what my response would have been. Mm-hmm. But I do think understanding that story, because you're right. I've been mistreated by you know some white people, mm-hmm. but I don't. I also have not cast this like a holistic, yeah, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. this holistic hate among other people. And I think that's that's the interesting point to that story, right? Like, mm-hmm. why not be mad at those individuals and be like, you know, but all black people, because all black, because again, no race, no human, right? Humanity is not monolithic, exactly. but specifically within different races and cultures and creeds and ethnicities. We're we like even more not, you know, the nuances increase. So mm-hmm. we're not a monolith in any regard. So that, that's just super interesting. It provides context. Yeah. Right. I still think that's like, you know, 
you know, I have my feelings. <laughs> but you know, it, right. it, it does provide context. Right. But I think that speaks to the the, the black the black plight is the fact of like Juju does something mm-hmm. and then all black people all are black like people. That. Mm-hmm. You do, Chad does something and it's just Chad. <laughs> it's and just it, Chad. And, and it's exactly, it's just funny how like there's kind of that double standard where it's like, well, no, like when we do something, it's like, no, not everyone has to be that. But like when you guys, one person does something, you know, I'm going to label all of you guys. And, um, you know, that's kind of the sad part. And that's where I've tried to start understanding that, like, you know, I'm going to treat people as as people, right? I'm going to treat everyone as an individual. And there's some white people I don't get along with. There's some black people I don't get along with, right? And there's some white people that I love. There's some black people that I love, you know, some people that are all over. And, you know, sometimes for me, just getting to the realization that, okay, well, if I don't like someone, maybe it has nothing to do with their skin color, color. And I would just hope that people give me that same opportunity. And they haven't always... Uh, they, they they didn't always you know give me that same opportunity, but yeah, you know I, I'm more and more okay with it because I'm like if that person is not going to give me that benefit of the doubt, it's probably not someone that I want in my life anyway. So I'm just like you know what, it, it's okay if people still are stuck in that mindset and things like that. Um, you, you know it's fine, and and I'm gonna create like once again we have the power we need to have. I'm gonna create my own opportunities, and uh, and I'm gonna support my people. Yeah. Um, so I think we already one of the questions I was going to ask is have you experienced racism? And clearly, uh, you have. Mm-hmm. Um, and has there been any major or mass struggles for like you know for equality for POCs, but specifically black folks in Canada, or is it something? It's more so just you know social classes or things of that nature. Oh man, this is hard. Um, I can speak about my experience because I like that's one thing I always try to be careful of and just being like, no, there hasn't been. And and, uh, and like someone else is like, well, that's not what I experienced. But I did like for myself growing up uh, when I was in school, um, you know, I, I, I told you guys, like I kind of like went to school and not the greatest of neighborhoods. And my mom decided to move to a small town um, that was predominantly white. Um, and I went to a school that was all white. There was one, no, there was two other black kids, um, in my school, in, in my high school at the time. And, um, I remember, um, getting bullied, like as a really young kid by people that way, you know, me coming in as a freshman example, like our school system is a little weird. So like, we don't have the same grades, but like, imagine like for me being a freshman and being bullied by seniors, um, and me going to like teachers or principals or superintendents and then just telling them about the story and then be like, well, what did you do? Um, cause like they always assumed mm. that like I was kind of that troubled kid. And, um, you know, I had like a lot of teachers tell me straight up like, oh, you're not going to amount to anything unless it comes to sports or something like that. Um, so those are the ways I experienced it, but, wow. um, the way I kind of started looking at it, like at some point in my life, I also had people in, believe in me and invested in me. And I remember my football coach at the time and uh, my history teacher was who was in charge of the football team. Like she they really believed in me beyond just the sporting aspect um, and really invested in me. And mm-hmm. you know, I started kind of like looking at that as, um, you know, although I it's hurtful and it's those are things that like I had to go to therapy and deal with as an adult because. I realized like later on in life and I was affecting like my relationships and that I had actually internalized a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but yeah, I had to like just realize it. And now I'm just like understanding that, like, you know, I may go through more racism or uh, and things like that, but 
these people are not going to stop me from getting to where I need to be in life. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just not going to let, you know, they can continue putting roadblocks in my ways and I'm going to stop them and I'm going to tear them down for somebody else. So that's just kind of my mission. And that's what, what, you know, that's why I believe in. No, that's what's up, man. I think, and that's a very, I think probably so not uncommon story Mm -hmm. for us over here in the United States as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, I've had, I went to predominantly black high school, um, but there was still, you know, I think part of what part of what we deal with in America, um, in Black culture, is some of some of the systemic issues exactly. that exist mm-hmm. among us has been, you know, centuries and years of you know white people and ideologies that has pinned us against each other. Mm-hmm. So we have those kind of like I think I've talked about it on the podcast before. I, I grew up in this area called White Haven. And it's a predominantly black area, but Whitehaven High School is like a flagship high school. They get a lot of money. They got mm-hmm. play sports. They're an optional school, which, you know, if I get into that, that'll be a whole nother podcast. Yeah. Then I went to a school down the street called Hillcrest High School. Now, originally, Hillcrest was built because Whitehaven was booming and bustling. They needed another school in the area. Mm-hmm. Over the years with gentrification, well, not necessarily gentrification, but the, the divestment of resources and then white flight, Hillcrest became the lesser funded um, also divested school and because I was fortunate enough to have parents who really pushed education it didn't matter mm-hmm. where you went you're going to you know maximize the opportunity however that did not mean that teachers were not looking at me and, and I was like you the kid that's going to make it Josh yep. and we're going to throw you versus I had other people who probably were just as intelligent had as much talent who if they had some of the same opportunities could have, you know what I'm saying, advanced and probably done more. Who's to say? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But I'm just saying, but I also had friends who went to also predominantly white schools who faced some of the same things. They didn't have access. You know, so yep. it's almost like one of the things that's really real here is like it's that catch-22. It's like the systemic pressures that we face because we're black. And then it's the internal struggles that we face because we've been conditioned in some ways right. to to kind of live in this crab, you know, crab in the barrel mentality when it doesn't have to be that way. And I think mm-hmm. you spoke to that a little bit earlier, Juju, like one of the most disheartening things is that we don't support each other as much as we could. Yeah. Which is why I think Brian and I are very intentional about mm-hmm. uplifting other voices and mm-hmm. businesses and other podcasters um, and things like that, because we understand, you know what I'm saying? As yep. up and coming and emerging podcasters, like, you know, if we ever want to be, you know, saying the uh, the Charlemagne's and the Jamel yep. Hills of the world, like it takes it takes us to, you know, to bound together to get to get to that next level. You, you know, 100 percent. And I guess like my question to that is like when you guys look at your school system, what Ooh. do you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We should probably do a, a whole podcast about that. But like, what would you say, like from like a systemic standpoint, do you think that. um Cause like th- that's something like I've been like reading up on a- as well a lot, and because I want to find like solutions to that. And like mm-hmm. I said, like a big mm-hmm. thing that I want to do is tearing some of these barriers down for others. Um, but do you think that like with the the issues with uh, you guys have around like school choice and things like that, like that those create some some of these issues where we're pushed into some of these bad funded places? Or <laughs> okay, so school choice is really about white folks. In my opinion, I think white folks, they want to go to schools they want to go to. So a lot of the stuff that comes about choice in America Mm -hmm. is really like white folks or privileged folks wanting to kind of control Mm -hmm. environments. And a lot Mm -hmm. of it underlying is it's underlying um, segregation 
type things. Like yep. we want to do this. We want to go there. I don't want my kids to go here. I don't want my kids to go there. Mm. Um, to where even we have some situations where black folks have been arrested and put in jail for putting their kids in. Yeah, I saw that. Better school districts. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, the biggest thing is really funding. Right. So yeah, yep. I was about to say um, it's resources. Mm-hmm. Right, it's resources, and what is painted is um they're doing bad not because they're in a in a in a terrible neighborhood they mm-hmm. just are just bad kids so we're gonna put them mm-hmm. in 100%. bad school so <clears throat> low low earning neighborhoods so it's based off of taxes yeah 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 so the funding comes from the taxpayers so if you're in a neighborhood that earns a lot a lot then of course your schools are going to be better because taxpaying dollars go toward that school um so it's really funding funding is the biggest thing um and it you know and then on top of that you have teachers who are underpaid in the united states mm-hmm. probably one of the most underpaid professions in the u.s in education is it's there are teachers so then you have teachers um, who most likely don't live in the communities with these black kids mm-hmm. um don't understand black kids um, don't understand, or even brown kids, black or brown kids. So yeah. they come to these neighborhoods teaching these kids. They have no connection, no nothing. They're here for a paycheck. Um, 100%. And, you know, they're just here to do it. And then the first thing that happens when Daquan is sleeping in class, not considering the fact that maybe he had to stay up at night and watch his siblings because his mom was at what? work or yep. whatever, not understanding the circumstances, he's sleeping in class. He's a bad kid. Send him to the principal's office, or we're going to suspend him. Or people are, are 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 acting out. You don't know what's going on at home. All these things. So it's really mm-hmm. based off of exposure. It's lack of education. Lack of um, lack of exposure to what black people really go through. Lack of funding um, on the part of the schools, but also lack of teachers. People. I, there's no one in the world I would. I would be like, hey, you should be a teacher in the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I would never encourage somebody to be a teacher, right. even though we need really good teachers. Like exactly. we really need them. I just think they're under they're underpaid, underappreciated. Like parents do not appreciate teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, during the pandemic, people cared about teachers initially, but then, you know, then they wanted to throw them out there to the COVID to the COVID yep. streets. Yeah. Um, and most of it was certain parents in certain neighborhoods. You know, I'm not going to talk about you know certain Europeans, mm-hmm. but it was really them who are the main ones. You know, who want to put their kids in certain schools? I don't know. I went around the way, but that's pretty much no. The and, you, and you're right. And I and Brian, that you did a really good job, kind of summing it up. But one thing, like if I can just speak to that, like when we don't have these resources and fundings, like at least, and that's the systemic thing, right? So like, mm-hmm. yep. even if we pivot the conversation just a tad, like when we even think about crime, they're like, oh, we need more police. No, we need more resources mm-hmm. because yep. when when communities are you know divested <clears throat> yep. from. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. Think about, you know, how you grew up, Juju. You had a single mom. And let's say you grew, you had, you know, two or three or four other siblings, right? Mm-hmm. Mom ain't got a whole lot of money to pay for mm-hmm. football practice for you, cheerleading for her, mm-hmm. you know, this for that, this and that. So what happens? You end up being at home yep. by yourselves. And what happens is the opportunity to be exposed to, you know, not so um, morally, ethic, whatever you want to call the things, increases for sure. Yeah. So, so, but when you got the 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 parent with with a with a little bit more resources or fundings across the way, mm-hmm. who can pay for an after school program so that they can have tutoring, you know, and all these kind of things. Like mm-hmm. you don't have you don't have as many opportunities. Yep. Right. To yep. get in trouble, right? Mm-hmm. Or you don't have, you know. So when we talk about more, more police ain't the issue per se. Nope. We need resources, and one of those resources, particularly in school, is that. I believe every school should have a social, a school social worker. Mm-hmm, to Brian's yeah. point, because if you don't understand black struggle, 
brown mm-hmm. struggle, right? Or even in some cases, just socioeconomic class struggles, then you're right. not going to understand that Jimmy is acting now, not because he's bad, but because he's hungry. Yeah, mm-hmm. because yeah, he yeah. didn't eat, and then y'all gave him uh, uh, a bowl of frosted flakes for breakfast, <laughs> and that boy can't eat again for another four hours. Do you finna right. give him a slice, a square piece of some corn and a chocolate <laughs> right. milk? Now, yeah. not only is he still hungry, but now he got a boo boo because that stuff don't <laughs> all that is fiber intensive and it don't sit well. And but you know why he eats it and he enjoys it because he likely may not have dinner when he gets home. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. So all this stuff is playing with his mind, his ability to learn, his ability to focus. And you just like he needs to go to the principal office. So now now he didn't racked up suspensions. <laughs> um, he didn't miss out on lessons. He's falling behind. Mm-hmm. And you have categorized him. And then on state tests. Right. If his mm-hmm. percentages are not a certain level because of all these issues. Now the he's in the school, the prison pipeline, yep. like all mm-hmm. these different kinds of things when there is nobody there to be the advocate that says, hey, you know what I'm saying? To Brian's name, Daquan ain't bad. Daquan needs these things. Mm-hmm. And if and I think the COVID also exposed that because my wife is a school social worker. And you know how many, you know how many little black kids who did not have access to the internet? That's they that, could they couldn't yeah, do one of my friends as well. She 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 was going through the same thing. Yeah, and- they couldn't do virtual school. So just imagine when they get home, mm-hmm. you know, the kid that can do their project and have this elaborate whatever versus the kid who literally has to go to the library. Mm-hmm. And when the library closes, it's a wrap. You know what I'm saying? Whatever they didn't get done, they don't get done. And these are the gaps that children experience that continues to separate. And what America does, like Brian said, we create these programs like school choice and no child left behind, which right, really right, further right. puts us behind, <laughs> right. further separate, further separates us, yep. and all these different kind of things, uh, which continues to, you know, to, to break down these gaps. Yeah. Um, but like you said, we can go to a whole nother no, but, I mean, another I love that. Yeah, (laughs) I do love that because those are things that like I'm always like so interested in. But you know, as I go through my journey, like I had to kind of sit back and realize like there's no, it's not as easy of a fix. And I always ask myself like, how much is that? How much of that is on us, right? Like, how much of that is on me as a black man being like, you know what? I need to be more responsible and teach more men to be in the house because we can't leave those moms to like do mm-hmm. this stuff on their own. Right. Like how much right. of that is on us and how much of that is on the system. And that's why I like to sit back and kind of like, um, you know, listen to different people's experiences and sure, and, sure. and all of that to really understand, you know, how much of that can we really control and how much of that is going to just be perpetuated by the system. But now I appreciate that perspective for sure. Yeah, man. No problem. Great perspective. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that was great to kind of, kind of see uh, open to, uh, some of the differences of the United States and Canada, some of the way things work, but I would love to yeah. kind of go into a little lighter, a lighter thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it got it got heavy quick. Here. It got heavy, <laughs> but that was all real. It's all yeah. Real this stuff. is real stuff, uh, exactly. And it's important that we talk about it. It it is important because that's how we're going to prog- uh, progress and that's how we're going to move forward. Yeah, definitely. So I'm going to ask. I'm going to say some things and let me know if this is real Canadian stereotypes or if it's stupid or not. So mm-hmm. one is. Y'all say a boot and not about. Um, I've personally haven't heard, <laughs> but also I thought that Canadians didn't say a, um, because like it was just kind of ingrained in me, and I thought it was normal. And then I went to the U.S. for five years, and then came back, and I was like, oh shoot, you guys really do this stuff. Um, <laughs> so I haven't heard a boot, but like maybe it's just because I'm I'm numb to it, but I haven't heard it. 
Mm, okay. Yeah. Another, another stereotype is, and I think we talked about it earlier, everyone plays hockey. I want to say that's not true, but I feel like it is. I feel like most, <laughs> most people at some point in their life just played hockey like, <laughs> or just love a hockey team. Mm-hmm. Like, like have been a hockey fan at some point or – yeah, no, I feel like that's just true. Let's just – we'll just take that one on the chin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Y'all put maple syrup on everything. Oh, absolutely. And the people that don't <laughs> – the people that don't, I don't trust them. Like that's real. Okay. Yeah, like the, the people in Canada that don't. Like when you get your breakfast plate, and if you don't drench that thing in maple syrup, like all over the place, uh, no, I, I can't trust you in Canada. That sounds wow. like hot sauce and ranch. <laughs> Basically, that's how. Yeah, that's how we, we would. We put hot sauce and ranch hot sauce <laughs> every. Thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, uh, a, a friend of mine calls ranch nigga sauce. Like, just, just everything. Oh yes, for sure. Yeah, but I like maple because uh, I know we uh when our when I Canada we had a, 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 some offices in Canada. Mm-hmm. Anytime anyone goes to Canada, they bring us back those like maple cookies, like sandwich oh, cookies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, those, those things are, are amazing. Those man. are it. And you said I think you said like, you like maple syrup. You probably haven't had like the real maple syrup. So next time I'm in Atlanta, I'll 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 bring you guys some of the real the real good stuff and some of those maple. Or we cookies. just come to Toronto. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's even better. Yeah, you guys podcast in Toronto. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, we'll but when we link up, I'll I'll give you guys some real syrup. But I guarantee you guys will have that on everything on your pizza. I put maple syrup on my pizza. What? Oh man, you guys you have to try. Like I said, if people don't, I can't you, trust them. You live one life, so why not? You live one I, life. I'll, I'll try it. I'll try it. Not on my whole slice, though. I'm going to no. me on the corner because I don't want to miss my whole slice. Yeah. yeah. All right. Another one. Another one. Y'all all speak French. Uh, no, actually, I sp- I do speak French, but most people, unless they live in Quebec, they actually most people do not speak French in Canada. So mm. yeah, that is a misconception. Okay. Another uh, stereotype is that y'all are extremely polite. <laughs> I really don't think so. Like I don't know. <laughs> I, like, I think people here are rude. Like they are a little bit more passive aggressive, but mm. I don't know if they're really polite. Mm. <sighs> are they? That yeah, people always say that, but like no, I don't. I I really don't see it. <laughs> uh, maybe that's just my opinion, but yeah, no, people are not that nice here. Okay, uh, another stereotype: y'all don't lock y'all doors. Did I lock my door? Ah oh, man. <laughs> um, some people, some people do, some people don't. Um, yeah, no, mm. I can't. I wouldn't say like it's necessarily a stereotype, or like we're known as that. But like, I know a lot of people that don't lock their doors. Okay. Um, quick question: What the hell is poutine? Oh my goodness! Oh, you haven't <laughs> had it yet? No. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's the best thing ever. So it's French fries. You put cheese. Have y'all been to Wisconsin? Mm-hmm. so like the yeah. cheese curds that they eat so like you don't fry them but like the raw cheese curds you put that on top and then you put gravy on it um it is amazing that's another thing but you have to try it in quebec otherwise it's not worth it like uh aren't, like mm. any other provinces which are basically our version of states um they don't do it right in quebec that's the only place that really does poutine right but it is Mm. So we it got is, chili it, cheese fries. Yeah, it's kind of that, but like, yeah, we're just we're different. The, it's the just, chili instead of gravy. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Mm. All right. So last one. <sighs> this Canadian bacon debate. 
Like <laughs> it is That's fancy so ham. Funny, man. It is ham. That is, is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. So uh, like I got a, I got a pretty good story like on that. So when I got to college, like and my roommates are waiting there, they're waiting for me and like they're like all assembled all together in the living room and they're like, We gotta ask you a question. I'm like, I just got here. Can I put my stuff down? Mm-hmm. And they're like <laughs> what is bacon to you? And I'm like, what? I'm like, it's just bacon. And like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, and yeah. they're like, but like, what is it? Is it like, do you have like strips or bacon or is it just basically a piece of ham? I'm like, no, no, it's just bacon. But they thought that like, I was thinking about Canadian bacon as like, <laughs> as like bacon. And I was just like, no, you guys make no sense. So they pull up a picture of actual bacon. I'm like, yeah, that's bacon. They're like, Oh, but well, how about Canadian bacon? We just call it ham. So I don't know what, where you guys. <laughs> so I was so confused at like what question they were asking me at that time. But like, yeah, it, basically the whole five years I was there, people were asking me questions about that all the time. Um, but yeah, now here we we just call it ham. I've we we don't call it Canadian bacon. You guys just decided, like, oh, we're, we're just gonna call. <laughs> yeah, we, we're, yeah, exactly. We're just gonna associate this this thing with a whole country, but <laughs> so yeah. So I got. I do have one question. It ain't serious. I just want to know: mm-hmm. Are there black mounties? Oh man, is that a thing? <laughs> so, so mounties are actually only on like in like on the in the prairies where there's not that many black people in the first place so <laughs> like so so like they're not like all across canada or at least like i don't see a lot of them but i don't think i've ever seen a black mountie like so and i asked because my favorite i don't know if y'all you know if this is a thing in canada my favorite show is living single are you okay yeah yeah, yeah 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 okay. so so on one of the oh, so this is, that made me excited so one of the christmas episodes overton Talks about when his family always goes to like these cabins and this in Canada, mm-hmm. and they kept getting in trouble because they was like in the woods, and a black mountie came, and Khadija was like, "I didn't even know he had black mountie." He kept saying, "Hey," and all they you know, all the all the stuff. <laughs> so I just wanted to know was that, was that television or do like black mounties really exist? Oh man, I think that was television. Like I, I need to find one. there has to, there has to be one of them somewhere. Like I, somewhere. Now, now I'm on a mission to find him. So <laughs> so like I feel like he's I feel like that specific one is probably somewhere out there, um, and he's probably the only one. But I've never seen one just yet. I'm actually gonna Google this now. Black. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we got Josh. That was pretty much all the questions I had. Josh, do you have anything else? No, you you answered them all because I didn't even I hadn't even heard of a poontang or whatever it was. <laughs> poutine, poutine. I ain't never heard of. It. I ain't never heard of. Pooty saying. Oh, so let me ask you this. I do have this one thing since we're talking about like Canadian culture and American mm-hmm. culture. I know you said you like you mentioned little baby. You mentioned Drake. Yeah, we ask this question almost to anyone who comes on the show, and I would love to hear from you. Oh yeah, because you're good, not good. You're, you're you're not you know say a black American. We 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 gonna give you a hype. You're a black Canadian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who are your top five rappers? Oh, my top five. Oh yeah, that's easy. Um, <laughs> so I have in there. So Meek Mill is probably one of my favorite rappers. Um, that was a, that's, a, the, that's a jigsaw first. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at the moment, I probably have Polo G in there. Uh, Kevin Gates is very high on my list. Uh, the, the, who, who do I listen to religiously? Um, man, now I'm uh, now I'm losing my thoughts. But Meek Mill, Polo G, Kevin Gates, Lil Baby, and 
Number five, I'll, I'll have to go to my history. Sorry, guys. Let me do no, this. No, you're quickly. good. I need to... <laughs> you like the you like the street street. Yeah, <laughs> we got we got to do this right. Um, you like selling drugs and murder. Yeah, <laughs> my kind of hip hop. And right now, like, I feel like weirdly, I'll say, are you guys familiar with Fulio? Yes, like who I am. Fulio? He's yeah. on. He's he's a part of Gucci Mane's. Um, Cool, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, well, he's independent, but um, he like... I know he's on the So Icy mixtapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, so... um, But yeah, I've been like loving like his music. Like he like he's one of like the Jacksonville rapper, one of the rappers out of Jacksonville. And like recently I've been listening to a lot of his stuff and uh, I really like his stuff. Yeah, so... Yeah, I would say that's my top five. This is a this is a jigsaw. I don't think any of those people have ever come up with anyone's top five ever. (laughs) And we love now we love little baby. I just think we never mention him in that category because of just you know the the history of hip hop and rap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But he's definitely one of the best in the game Mm -hmm. today, right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, Shout out to Dominique Jones if you're listening. Dominique Armani Jones, better known as Little Baby. You want to come on the podcast, you're always welcome. Yeah, yeah, always. yeah. <laughs> so, man, Juju, thank you so much for coming through, thank bro. You very we much. we thank appreciate you for it. Me, guys. Um, this was super, super insightful. Um, and we, we don't take this conversation for granted. But before we wrap up this particular segment, tell the people um, maybe what you got going on and for sure how could they connect with you and, and your show. Yeah, hundred percent. So I'm uh, so I'm one percent of Juju on pretty much all platforms, either spelled out or one percent. And uh, Juju, you guys can find my podcast. I'm on YouTube, Apple Podcast, uh, and all of those great things. I also do have a website if people are have more questions around personal finance and things like that, uh, where I do offer free consultations and um, I work with clients. Uh, I, I do offer different services. So it's one percent of Juju.com. That's all spelled out. But um, yeah, mainly on social media. Uh, I'm trying to make a, an appearance on TikTok nowadays for the kids, but um, not really good there. But <laughs> it is for uh, the but, children. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, I'm, <laughs> like I'm, apparently that's where they add, and that's what they like to find their financial information. So um, I, I'm on there a little bit as well, but mainly my podcast, One uh, Percent of Juju. All right. Well, that's pretty much it. We thank you very much for coming. But hey, we want you to stick around real quickly. We're gonna go over to a Black Person Self Care. You want to stick around for a little bit and let people know what you're gonna be doing. Definitely. No, I would love that. So once again, thanks for having me, guys. For sure. All right. Thanks. Woosa. 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 All right. We are here at Black Person Self-Care, and Juju decided to stick around so he can kind of let us know what he does to take care of his black body. For those that do not know, um, this is a segment where we kind of talk about what we do as black people to take care of our black owned bodies or black bodies in general. So if you have anything that you're doing, please let us know. But also if you, you know, do something over the weekend or during this week, you know, put it on Instagram and tag us and let us know what you're doing. We'll repost it and all that kind of good stuff. So Juju, what is something you do now or plan on doing uh, to take care of your black self? Yeah, so I I actually I am very big into fitness and I decided to start taking my fitness very seriously. Um so like not only uh very serious in the gym, uh but also with my diet. I've decided, you know, I, it was probably like a couple of years ago like after retiring from football and realizing, you know, my body's probably not going to react the same to uh not working that hard. Um I decided to take some of those things seriously. Um, but on top of that, so I am running a marathon in May, which I don't know how excited mm. I am about that. 
Um, but I, I'll say on top of that, like meditation, I'm a very big proponent of like meditation, uh, mental health and things of that nature. Uh, meditation is something that has helped me tremendously. Mm-hmm. Um, and the physical benefits like have been, uh, have been apparent for me. Awesome. Gotcha. Josh. Um, I said it last week and I'm just gonna say it again. I am choosing joy. Mm. Um, specifically, and I think I'm, a, I think I'm gonna ride this out because it's been great to just, be like to say no effortlessly to a lot of <laughs> things, um, to deny people access <laughs> to me, <laughs> and just and but but for real though to just thrive in what will bring me joy. And if I feel as though it's going to disrupt that, you know, what I'm saying to find if it's something that is I can't avoid like work or something, then of course I find ways. But but still finding ways to do it at a time or at a place where it does not drain me. So maybe that means taking a midday nap mm. during my lunch mm. hour, during my lunch hour because I'm remote. <laughs> um, but like choosing joy and not getting so because I feel like sometimes, especially I think we talk about this in our conversation, um, is that sometimes as black people we, we're forced to be resilient. So we're always mm-hmm. working, we're going, we're going, we're going. That sometimes joy is not always an option. Mm. So I'm right. continuing to be intentional in choosing it. So that's good. That's it for uh, now. Maybe maybe I'm gonna do something like very specific yeah. next week. <laughs> but that's what I'm doing. I'm continuing that journey. Oh, wonderful. Uh, I'm dabbling in intermittent fasting and detox drinks. So I'm trying to see how that goes. So no. it works out. Okay. Yeah, I just, you know. Just we know fun. you avoid the gym. Yeah, we talk about it. <laughs> we can go back to a few black man Seth Curse segments where he was going, you know. But okay. You know, we, we love to hear. We're going to support a black man. I'm not going to tell you that. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a few things. Are you doing a flat tummy tea? No. I'm actually doing, I went to a black owned, so I went to Black Wall Street in, in, in at Stonecrest. Okay. And they, um, this is great. Go out there, it's Black Wall Street. Clearly, it is what it is. But it's all a bunch of boutiques and different stores and black owned businesses within this shop in this plaza and this place they were selling like this detox stuff. So I was like, you know, let me give that a shot. And uh, you, you have a friend who sells like herbal life or something. Did you, are you, is that right, part of the, on, on the, on to the next part? On to the next segment. Well, thank you, Juju, for coming by. We appreciate it. You didn't have to do it, you didn't have to show up, but you did. We appreciate you for everything. Um, before you go, can you let the people know what you're doing, what you got going on? Do we already do that? We what did. Doing, got, got going on? We, we did. Because okay. you, you just I'm tried just to move on. I threw, <laughs> I threw you off. It's okay. It's okay. But, but I, will, I, will, I, will, I will say this, Juju. I will say this while we're still alive. Is that, bro, you talked about your faith. And me and Brian are really big on our faith. We got to bring you back to talk about international black church. Because I just. Yes. I have so many questions. <laughs> yes. And I want to know all the things. Yeah, um, but again, thanks, bro. And uh, Brian, let's move on to our listen letter in the P.O. Box. Let's do it. Look forward to it. All right. Thank yeah. you, Juju. Thank you. All right. What's going on, y'all? We are here for the P.O. Box that Rodney Jenkins has delivered as always. But before we get into that, you too can write your letter to askthejigsaw at gmail.com and we will possibly read your letter out loud, give you a pseudonym because we respect your privacy and give you the best non-professional therapeutic advice that you can get on Cicely Tyson Internet. With that being said, Brian, who do we have and what do they want? Uh, oh, it's a, a listener update. Okay. The pronouns are she and her. Ooh, let's go back to verses and call her Charlene. Charlene. Yeah, Charlene, Charlene Brown. Charlene Brown. That's good. That's a good <laughs> back name. Mm-hmm. All right. Charlene Brown says, hey, guys. Quick update from Valentine's Day. 
My husband enjoyed the threesome and all is well. Look at God. Look at God. He did not all second guess my actions with a surprise and was not even shocked. The friend I chose was down for the calls. Okay. I think he wants to try this again soon, but I need him to know this is for special occasions. This is a gift. <laughs> This is a gift. This is uh, that was that, that was a gift. <laughs> That's a gift. Um, how do I let him know this will not be a cons- consistent thing for us? I don't mind it, but I do not want it to be a consistent thing. Thanks, Charlene Brown. Um. Well, thanks for updating us. <laughs> Thank I'm you. I'm glad y'all enjoy. Glad y'all enjoy. <laughs> um. I mean, I'm gonna keep it short and simple. I think you just need to have the conversation. He yep. probably was super excited. Because if mm-hmm. he enjoyed and y'all already talked about it, you actually made it come true, like that was like, oh my God. So I mean, so the next thing is to kind of do it again or to see how much, you know, how further you can go or find somebody else. So uh, I would just have that conversation that, you know, Definitely. while you did enjoy it too, that you some you, you kind of want to keep the the intimacy of you two. Um mm-hmm. and then use this as a point of exploration, you know, right at random. So I mean, just talk to him. That's pretty much it. Same thing. And he'll probably be down more. so that he doesn't mess up the opportunity to ever have it again. To ever have it right. again. Yeah. Agreed. I can't add anything different. I, I completely agree. All right. Charlene, Charlene. Appreciate you. Thank you so much, sis. And for I'm any of home. you who want to update us on some other crazy stuff y'all have been through, let us know. Right here. We do. Send Please the so. questions in. All right, brother. You got something you want to rant about? Um, I do. I think we yeah, we have some joint to rant about, I'm sure. All right, let's go. Let's do it. All right, thank you all for sticking around here. Uh, we are at a greater conversation where we, Josh and I get some things off of our chests because uh, it's good. It's just good for the soul to kind of get things out. So Josh, do you have anything for this week? No, man. I'm going to throw it to you. All right. Uh, let's talk about trash real quick. Uh, George Zimmerman. For those of you who do not know, he was the person who murdered in cold blood. Uh, young black king um, that we all, you know, Trayvon Martin um, got off went around town blow, uh, um, gloating, all that kind of stuff. And I don't know why he's still alive. But that's why I don't really care for the streets because y'all really should have took this dude out a long time. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Um, apparently, he had a lawsuit in Tallahassee and he wanted to sue Trayvon Martin's parents, uh, apparently mm. for defamation. And, you know, the judge, thankfully, in Florida, you know, Florida does what Florida wants to do. They luckily... Uh, tossed it out um and just the the audacity of this murderer to try to sue the parents of a person who he murdered um and it's really i don't know if it's for clout i don't know if it's for money i don't know what it is but i don't understand why this man is still walking a lot around i'm not threatening saying that you know people should do anything to him but i just don't understand you know with all these people around you know the lord then took um Cicely Tyson last year, mm-hmm. Sidney Poitier, mm-hmm. you know, we lost Chad, but we lost all these great people in the world, Lord. You took them all, but yet George Zimmerman and Donald Trump are still alive. I don't know what's going on, but uh, that's my rant. It's not not anything heavy, not anything long, but George Zimmerman is trash, um, one of the worst human beings that lives on planet Earth, and um, I'm tired of seeing him. So uh, anything else? Nope, that is all, brother. Um, all and I right. think that wraps up another episode of the Jigsaw Podcast. Um, yep. So as always, we want to thank you all for joining us. We want to thank you for being here every single, every, every, every single week, rocking it out with us. We cannot do this without y'all. Um, so thank Man. you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Brian, Yes. you want to let them know how they can keep in contact and stay in touch? 
Of course, you can find us on every single platform regarding uh, podcasts. Follow us or first go to our website, thejigsawpodcast.com. Go to and follow us on social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, The Jigsaw Podcast. Follow us. I am Josh Rogers. I am Brian Hare. Uh, make sure you subscribe, share, like, rate us five stars or nothing at all. Leave a comment. Let people know how great the show is. If there's somebody you want on the show, let us know. If there's uh, a topic that you want or that want us to talk about, let us know. Uh, we're extremely excited and we're grateful for all the things that you do. We know that the jigsaw will be nothing without the puzzle pieces. So we do love and we appreciate you. So before we head out, Josh, please let the people know what they need to do. What you can, why you can, best ways that you can. But whatever you do, don't let your work be undone. <laughs> Good night, y'all. Bless you. See you next week.